This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 118, Spotlight on Thor the Dark World. Welcome to Comic Shenanigans. This is episode 118, the Spotlight on Thor the Dark World uh, movie episode. I am your host, Adam Chapman, and I'm joined by my co-host, Tibor Mate. This is your first time on the podcast since episode 98, which was our uh, Spotlight on Wolverine. Uh, yeah, I got promised a spot on the 100th, but uh, didn't get a call or something. What was yeah, that all about? That's incredibly awkward. Um, <laughs> the 100th episode was thrown together at the last minute, and it kind of kind of listened that way, I think. Whatever, that's cool. That's okay. cool. I didn't listen to it because I wasn't on it. So. Yeah, well, that's fair. I, I don't think Paul even listens to the episodes he's on. Well, I'm pretty sure Paul's listened to two episodes of the podcast. He's been on like 20 episodes. There you go. It's sad. I like listening to myself because I'm like Troy McClure. You like Troy McClure? You're... You may know me from such podcasts as. So well, yeah, that's my thing. I like, just... to, I like to listen to myself. <laughs> Ramble. Okay. Um, well, thank you for joining us again. So I guess you're kind of our movie guy. Yeah, that's uh, my thing now. So when we when we when we see movies, you come uh, you come and talk about them. So this was the uh, part of the phase two for the Marvel Studios films. Uh, obviously, we already had Iron Man three back in May, which, which was balls. we both weren't huge fans of. There was a lot of issues with that film. Uh, so going into this movie, I was a little op- uh, cautiously optimistic. Obviously, we had a different director than the first time around. Um, that's bound to give it a different flavor. I mean, we saw how different the Iron Man movies were once a different director got involved. Uh, or even the X Men movies for for uh, you know another example. I mean, both threes and both bad. Yeah, and then uh, and then even the Spider Man movies, you have a shifting director. So it's always interesting to see how a different director can impact uh, a movie. Uh, this time I thought it actually worked out quite well. Yeah, um, I, I was a bit, a bit nervous going into it, like because I heard about the, uh, Joss having to come in and fix things and stuff. So I was, I was nervous, but uh, you know what? It didn't let down. That's for sure. It was pretty awesome. No, it was um, it was a very solid outing. I think part of what makes it work is that we've already had two good Thor appearances under our belts, and it allowed them to kind of play with the world instead of having to set it up. Um, you know, yeah, that's true. Yeah, because the first one does take a lot to sort of you know, it, t- it takes a, a lot more to... establishing shots and sort yeah. of just you know this is Asgard, mm-hmm. this is what it's all about. Plus, yeah, in the first one, you have to set up who Thor is and the whole idea of him being like proving himself worthy enough to wield the hammer. Like, there's a lot of building that character to make him able to be even be an Avenger be a team player be not a headstrong kind of brash idiot he's still a little brash still a little headstrong but it def- definitely feels like it comes from a different place uh, and the first movie was all arrogance it was all you know ignorance and arrogance together This he was power why couldn't he be king uh, here it's much more like he doesn't want to be king and we see that kind of expressed throughout the film yeah, well, again, yeah, like, the first one, they have to set it all up and everything, and now we, we can just jump right in. Like, we know where he stands, we know where it's going. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a, it's a bit more of a get in there, do your thing. It's it's pretty cool. It was a good, uh, and again, the first one, too, I was a little worried because, you know, being a god and all that, and how is he going to, how is that character going to work with the Avengers? But I thought they did a great job of keeping it sort of grounded mm-hmm. and still plausible, or making it feel plausible, at least, and, uh like again, here it was the same sort of thing. They didn't take it too far. I thought. I thought they still kept it pretty grounded, mm-hmm. which was cool. And you know, and coming off of Avengers, it's it's kind of neat to see. Like, it's just so crazy how big this world has gotten since it's Thor, like, the first one. Right? Oh, like, yeah. It's it's incredible. Now you have Shield, the series, and you you know now they've just announced the five TV shows. It's it's probably like, unrelated, but we don't know. Well, yeah, it's good. I mean, it's still pretty impressive. Like the, what they're doing with the universe, right? It's it's For pretty sure. cool, and. 
apparently there's going to be some consequences of of this yeah, dealt with in Shield, which is some, I think a great idea. Which I've, yeah, some sort of tie in between uh, Thor: The Dark World will be felt in uh, Marvel Agents of Shield in I think two weeks or so. Um, it's too bad the timing wasn't a little bit better. It wasn't like the first week after the movie came out, but it's close enough. Well, I mean, I think they also want to give people time to watch the movie, right? True. Well, it depends. And how... I'm surprised two weeks. That's really quick, actually. It is pretty quick. Um, actually, I was listening to an interesting. Uh, this is, I guess, pumping a different podcast that doesn't need my promotion at all. But um, the Nerdist podcast, they had uh, the, um, I guess, the president of Marvel Studios. What do you mean? We have way more listeners. Than oh, the Nerdist. oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure we're we're much bigger. Um, oh, come on, Kevin. Because I'm on it now. This is going to go like crazy viral. <laughs> of course, this is going to be the biggest news out of Toronto since Rob Ford. Ah, uh, it's sad that Americans will know what you're talking about. They will. That's why I threw in the record. It's so sad. Now you know, knowing's half the battle. Yeah, GI More references. Um, but uh, what was I? Was I even saying? You totally brought me up. Oh, on sorry, topic. I totally fucked you up. The Nerdist, uh, the Nerdist podcast. They had Kevin Fahey, who's the the president of Marvel Studios. He was on it, and I was listening to part of it, and he was saying how they are so meticulous in, uh, on the timing of things for uh, promotion of Marvel products that. Like, even before they even have shot things in movies, they've already plotted out what they're going to be kind of trying to show at Comic-Con. So he was saying that the year before Iron Man 3 came out, uh, they had barely shot any of the film, but they had already decided that they wanted to showcase the destruction of Tony's home. So that's one of the first things they filmed, because they were going to use it in in the Comic-Con footage. And apparently, like, they did slightly alter it when it actually was in the movie, but they wanted people to get that taste. So they're very meticulous of what they put out there. You mean that part where Mandarin needed his help but blew up his home and almost killed him, right? <sighs> yeah. I right, know. okay. Uh, that's cool. But, yeah, no, Marvel does know what they're doing. Like, they're, they've obviously... They're pretty like, smart. I mean, I mean now they got the Disney power behind them, too, which is, uh, you know, pretty much unstoppable force. It's the, it's the Disney credit card. Come on. Oh, uh, fuck. I mean, that's <laughs> it. The fact that they got five shows greenlit like that... With yeah, a, yeah, even though they're Netflix series, I mean, Netflix still, will help pay for it, right? Because I mean, well, I'm, I'm sure Netflix is like happy as hell because oh, it's yeah. going to just up subscriptions like crazy, right? For those and who DC just took a giant shit because they're like, oh fuck, we got nothing. For those we, who don't know, uh, Netflix and Disney had announced, uh, I guess a day or so ago, when we're recording this, which is Friday the eighth, um, that they're going to be doing a, a distribution deal to, to put five different television shows on the air. I believe starting in either 2015 or 16, still a ways away, and there are going to be 13 episodes per program. Uh, one's going to be a Daredevil show, one's a Luke Cage show, one's a Iron Fist show, which is weird that Iron Fist and Luke Cage aren't on the same show, because uh, they're kind of... Well, if they're going to cross them over, right? Then... Yeah, but then, then those two like together are the, the heroes for hire in the Marvel Universe, and they're in, I trust Marvel to do this right. I know, but they're inextricably linked. As much as they are two characters that can operate on their own, they always seem to work the best when they're together. Uh, and then the fourth is Jessica Jones, which is not a real surprise, because ABC Studios has been working on some sort of pilot for this type of show for about three years, uh, trying to develop it for the screen. Um... Uh, it's weird that it's going by the name Jessica Jones because the name of the comic was called Alias, but obviously that is also an ABC, a previous. Oh uh, right, yeah. So they can't do by it by J.J. Abrams, and I guess they don't want to duplicate, even though there's no nothing outside the name that is the same. But that's why they keep. It going. makes sense to you because people will, will yeah. automatically associate. So. so you'd have these four main heroes, and they're all kind of centered in Hell's Kitchen, and that's what the press release was kind of saying. They would delve into the world of Hell's Kitchen, and then they would dovetail into the Defenders. Uh, which would be its own show as a fifth, a culminating kind of fifth act. I think uh, it's a smart idea. It's 
Yeah, the only thing that bugs me, and this is only because I'm a comic geek and I and I have to nitpick things, is that the Defenders are something very different in the comics, and that if you're going to be anything, they should be the Heroes for Hire or something that these characters are part of. I guess they just want to use the IP name for the Defenders, but in the comics, the Defenders is well a ragtag group of uh, a non-team of Hulk, uh, Silver Surfer, Doctor Strange, and uh, Namor, the Submariner, which is one of the weirdest groupings you'll ever find in comics it makes sense that they're not going to do uh, like anything based on those characters but it just sucks that you know they're using that name for someone that's definitely not the defenders but anyway uh, that's all right we'll, so we'll that's, see how it goes so that's coming anyways when we sit down for this movie just to go back to i guess i was gonna say we may as well start we getting well into start, the movie because yeah, we're, we're, well we're doing all our background stuff before and yeah um so we sit down to watch the movie now um we watched the movie trailers but there's no Captain America trailer at first, and I was like, well, that sucks. That's stupid. Uh, I think I even leaned over to you and was like, well, that's that's kind of one of the dumber things I've seen. You did seen. get a cool Robocop, though. Yeah, we got a cool Robocop trailer. That I'm excited for. But then we got, like, a, a Vince Vaughn movie trailer that felt, yeah, it was, it felt very out of, out of place. Like, usually they kind of, they have, like, a, some sort of theme in the previews you see. They're going to be somewhat similar to the, the genre you're seeing. I guess maybe that was, like, the romance angle, but even then... There doesn't look like there's a lot of romance. Oh, I'm in that sure there's movie. a lot of female viewers that would have enjoyed, you know, and some guys. Why am I singling out the women? <laughs> Who like Vince Vaughn? Yeah, why I not? guess there's okay. an Avengers connection because Kobe Smulders is in the movie. There you go. So that's why they threw it that, in. There. That's why to pump her career. Yeah, because um, she's fucking amazing, and she's Canadian. That's right. Yeah, she is. Canadian. But she's a Canucks fan, which kind of sucks. <laughs> uh, I'd still do her. <laughs> that, thank you. Yeah, I'm sure she's very happy. She's uh, I'm sure she's listening right now, going, "Yes, for sure. I love that guy." <laughs> that weird dude that makes these weird references for sure um and and then i guess and there was that weird uh 47 ronin uh fuck man the thing. matrix thing let's get past the previews and get into the movie well, already I'm so, okay so well we, what's good let's get into the movie or do you want to go through cap quick i want to go through cap quick that was fucking awesome that's all i'm gonna so say there because the oh, no... I, I was all bummed because it looked like there's not gonna be a trailer we see like in in canada we have like this weird cineplex thing happens where we see like the history of cinema or whatever and then we get to usually the movie but instead we see the well this was like cin- a preview this was, was not- a preview of captain americans or actually a clip of the movie right more or less yeah you it see- wasn't just a trailer no you see a, a clip from the captain america the winter soldier film should Something- we say spoilers here at this point if, you if you're listening wanna- sorry if you're listening to this podcast you, you, we're, we're spoiling everything about this movie about captain america well this and this preview because some people might want to know well, I'm if they've already I'm a big not spoilers guy, so you know that's why I'm throwing it out. Okay, there. spoilers on. <clears throat> from this from this point forward, we're spoiling the cap out of everything. Everything, everything. Cap, Thor, all of it. Um, Loki dies. Okay, keep going. Wah, wah. Uh So, so Captain America. We see the scene that was in the original trailer that we saw recently. What two or three weeks ago? There was a trailer released. It was got a lot of a lot of good buzz, and there was a scene, a brief shot of Captain America being in an elevator and taking out these guys. Anyways, we finally got to see the clip of that happening. Wow, you just summed up that like amazing action sequence. Like, okay, oh yeah, there's Cap, and he takes out a okay. couple guys. Okay, no, the scene was like builds on the tension. He's For sure. like, it's awesome. It's a fucking awesome scene where you just see Cap from behind with the shield on his back. He's obviously going down the elevator like as if he was in the office building, which he is. But yeah. it's, it's just kind of you know. He's just a shield. He's just yeah. You know, it, and everyone's getting. Into but the it's elevator. one of those stereotypical like you know I'm at work going down the elevator scenes oh, for sure. But of course, eventually, what's up? These guys turn on him. It's like and it's just badass. What I liked about it, the guy there was a guy who attacked him. I guess with the energy 
Yeah, they like or advanced tasers. Of yeah, some sort. Um, they called him Rumlow. Um, that confirms that he is uh, Brock Rumlow, character named Crossbones from the comics, who's a big Captain America villain. Okay, cool. So that I mean, there's a, there's actually a lot of Captain America villains in the movie, so I'm excited to see how they cram them all in. Um, yeah, it was a badass scene. Uh, Chris Evans really played it well. Oh, it's awesome. And, and I love the new scene. And the too. action sequence was really, really well done. Like, it wasn't just the tension. It was one who was actually beating the crap out of these guys. Oh, yeah. It's a he, small, confined space. It was really you good. actually felt like, you know, that there was there was danger. Like, Oh, it was absolutely. It was awesome. It was well done, well filmed. And, like, it. the shot where, like, he's he's on the side. He's attached to the side with that. Yeah, magnetic, it's like a magnetic cuff. And he, like, breaks free of it and then the flip down and still takes out two guys. It was really badass. Yeah, it was awesome. And then, obviously, the uh, when he flips up the shield, like, that's really cool, too. Yeah. Well, just, yeah, the shield is just so iconic. I, I love the new suit. I think it's great. Yeah, it works so, I like the more stealthy sort of look with, uh, with the suit. And it makes sense if you were doing a lot of work for shield, you probably would want to not always be as, as flashy. Mangled, yeah. Um, and then we saw a recut version of the trailer uh, with some new stuff thrown in. And definitely, like, a different way of looking at the film. It emphasized the Winter Soldier not at all, actually. No, it was it all about Cap more, it was more so. Yeah, it was right at the very end where we see him picking up the shield with the, with the, with the mechanical arm or the cybernetic yeah. arm. And uh, then you actually get to see Bucky's face. And if you remember the first movie, you'll know that, that that's Same Bucky. Guy. It's interesting because in the first trailer, they actually went to great pains not to show you. Uh, you had one scene Which of is just, understandable. one scene of just his eyes, one scene of him walking through you know a haze, but it's obscuring his face. It was interesting. I was surprised. It was all actually, leading up to this. So I you guess see so. His face. Yeah. No. And it was at the trailer. It was awesome because you have Captain America, the Winter Soldier, and then you see just the shield, him slowly picking it up, and then you see the it's settling on his face, and it was a really badass moment. Yeah, that was a good trailer. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to seeing Scarlett Johansson again because she's also hot. Sorry, Colby, but. <laughs> I'm it's sure true. she's upset. She might be a little bit. Um, and then we actually, I, you probably didn't even notice, we saw a blonde in the trailer. Yes, I did notice her and I was going to ask you about her. I don't know who she is. Uh, the actress is Emily Van Camp, who's from uh, the TV show Revenge. I don't watch it. But, nope. Okay. Um, she's playing Sharon Carter. And that should sound familiar because Peggy Carter. Yeah, right, okay, so she's the neat, like, great grand. Well, I don't know. In the original comics. Granddaughter. In the original comics that were published in the 60s, she was just, like, the niece of Peggy Carter. But with right. more more. It's got to be granddaughter or Granddaughter something. or some sort of connection like or that. Great granddaughter. And in okay. the comics, they they have quite a love affair, him and Cap and, and Sharon. And, like, right, right, right. So it'd be interesting to see if you. He, told me about this before. If, yeah. It'd be interesting to see if he dates Sharon. Well, I mean, it's going to be kind of weird. After Peggy, but yeah, I guess. I wonder if, if if there's. Have you been frozen in time for so long? I guess it, well, I wonder, know, is, it's, it's acceptable. Is Peggy still alive? I don't think so. It's too long. It doesn't. Well, it's right. I guess it was How World War Two. She's got to be like. It's like six, she'd be like ninety something. Mm. She could be. They alive. could. They could bring her back, but she's going to be old. Yeah, she has to be very old. First yeah, thing. that would be weird. That would be kind of creepy. Though, again, what's that? if they do her show, which I think would be awesome, because I love that actress. She was wicked. Yeah. Again, sorry. But uh, wouldn't it just be Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. set in World War Two? So? That'd be cool, and they could link it together. Yeah. You could have, like, a mission that, like, affected, you know, something there, and then it uh, comes back, and, for you know, Coulson's got to take care of it. <laughs> I think it'd be awesome. It could be. I just... If it was done well, and Marvel's done well, it could be done. I think it's a big... That's a bigger stretch. I think it would be cool as hell. I, I really hope... As long as it's her, the the same actress. Yeah, it would have to if, be her. If it's going to be somebody else, don't even bother. No, you're right. If she's, it, she's so awesome at that role. She, yeah, you know, she really has a, a lot of presence, for yeah, sure. Yeah, you can't, you can't do it with someone else. 
I was actually um, going back before we actually get into Thor. We're uh, still not into Thor. It's been a while. Uh, for people who wanted Thor, like should flip forward like five minutes. Um, the I don't know if you remember this at the end of the Captain America movie when you had him wake up in you know that that pretend. There's the gym, apartment. right? Yeah. No, he woke oh, up, right, right. Sorry, yeah, before not, that. Not the post-credits, but the actually yeah, yeah. before the credits actually rolled. He wakes up in the, in the gym, or the pretend gym, and then they have that girl who's supposed to be like the nurse, but isn't, and is actually an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. I Originally, it she I, I, there was a lot of scuttlebutt about it, that it was... She was the That, that she might have Sherry Carter. Right, right, right. Because right. she looks a lot like Peggy. Yeah, they did sort of do that intentionally, I guess, to make you think that. Maybe, and I right? really like that actress, because I've seen a bunch of the TV shows she's starred in in the past, and she's... To me, not just a like a bit actress, but actually like a you know a, not a leading lady per se, but and more of a name. So I was always surprised that they never did anything with that afterwards. Yeah, you never know what happened behind the scenes, right? It's For obligations sure. and whatnot. But yeah, yeah. But anyway, it's good. it'll be interesting to see. It's good. Scarlett Johansson, this new chick. Yeah, and so. Robert Redford. I mean, he pretty much has to be a bad guy. But uh, yeah, no, it's good. But he looks really good in the part. Like just. He's only, we've only seen a few scenes of him, and I buy him being working with Fury and being part of S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, he just has that look. Yep. Helicarrier is back. And going down. Yeah, it's just, like, seriously going down this time. And it looks like there's multiple Helicarriers going down. Yeah, I was going to say, I guess they built a few more, huh? Uh, and, well, I mean, is there a significance to the number 42? Like, is it the 42, 42nd Helicarrier? Like, there's a big number 42 on the side of the Helicarrier we see in the, in, the, in the air. I'd have to watch the Avengers again to see what the number was on it. Yeah. I have no idea. I'm just curious if there's a significance. I mean, for comic book fans, there's a big significance because there's a uh, a prison called 42, which is in the negative zone, but that's not anything that we're probably ever going to see in the in the movies. But So I'm just wondering if it's just incidental because comic book fans will notice, or is there actually a reason? Well, I guess we'll find out. Or are there 42 Helicarriers? That's a really expensive outfit. I'm interested too. Like, the fuck only... Shield has all the money in the world. What do they care? Well, they, they... and alien technology and fucking. When we saw this, this, this. Though I guess Fury was complaining about the plane. And he that. was, yeah. And if, if he was complaining about that, when we saw the preview clip, um, we see a, a brief establishing shot of this, or like the, this. I guess what's maybe the headquarters, like that. That. Oh planet. yeah, yeah. It's like a shield base. Yeah, yeah. I'm wondering if that's going to be the the Triskelion, which is from the Ultimate Comics, uh, is the headquarters of Shield, and it kind of looks similar. Um, but it, it, it'll be interesting to see. Anyways, talking about Thor. Yeah, let's uh, get into Thor and let's stay with Thor because we're uh, we're really distracted from uh, Thor. Yeah, uh, Thor was a really engaging movie. We start like we uh, we get to see. Uh, sorry, one thing that did bother me: how exactly are they able to travel everywhere now? Because the Bifrost was destroyed. Well, it looked like it was rebuilt. No, more or less. But like they made it sound like they'd never be able to rebuild it. And even in Avengers, they said that you know that Odin had to brings forth like dark energy yeah they, they just them. sort of like skip over that part right yeah. I guess I guess what they like in, and at the end of the Avengers it was the Tesseract that was able to like they were able to use that to get there. yeah um, but yeah it, lo- it basically looks like they've rebuilt it and, I guess and he's so. still guarding it and... yeah but it just doesn't seem odd why he wouldn't have gone back to Earth then at like he could if he could like he was traveling well, to all the other on, they say he, he mentions it later on that after the events of uh, yeah. the first one like, everything started getting out he of line. He couldn't have gone back to say hi once, though. He's a busy fucking guy. And the fact that he was, like, creeping creeping on her, but, like, they couldn't, like, look. Listen, he was busy doing shit after New York, or, sorry, after the first Thor. And how long has it been since Avengers? Because, obviously, since Thor, it's been two years. But we don't know how what the gap in time was between Thor and Avengers. Right, because she mentions that she saw him on the news in New York, obviously. Yeah. 
But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, I mean, because time has never really... We've never had to worry about the actual timing of these things, generally. I mean, although we've had a lot of different movies in the Marvel Universe canon, we've never really wondered, like, what was the actual space and time between these events. But this is the, one of the first times where there's actually a clear... Well, she says it's two years since the first one, right? So, yeah. And, uh, so, yeah, so it's got to so be... So Iron Man 2 is over two years ago, because Iron Man 2 takes place before Thor. Just before, because in the middle of that is when Coulson goes, because they found the hammer. Yeah, no, that's cool, yeah. So those movies, like, are intertwined, so they're two years ago. Again, we don't know at what point... I don't think Avengers it's as important to know. But it was, oh, we, maybe not. We can figure that out later, that's for, like... You know, now we're now we're getting into the nitpicky shit, right? Sorry, our... I'm. This is just the way I am. This is the way a comic book fan is. Is is. No, no, dude. It'd be the same thing for me, man. If it was like, okay, well, if Data's head goes back in time, where Data's <laughs> body, like, I, I'd be. It's the same fucking shit, right? Yeah. Like, but anyway, for the sake of uh, the podcast, let's keep going with it. Okay. So they fucking established that they have the Bifrost basically back. Basically, it yeah. works. They, they can send him anywhere again. I did like seeing Thor and the Warriors three kind of quelling. You know, rebellions and, and bringing Well, that's peace. where we start, right? That's basically where we start, yeah. Um, I thought that general, as a general thing throughout the movie, the green screen effects were so much better in this film than the last one. I thought it, I didn't get torn out of the movie. Like, there's a few spots in the first movie where I'm like, I'm kind of out of it. It looks very, like, not real. It, well, budget-wise, I'm, I'm guessing this one got a bit of a bump, I right? think it did, yeah. But even, like, Asgard looked a lot more lived in. Uh, it looked a lot less... Again, uh, all that stuff was already built. It's, uh, it's easier to build upon. But even... Yeah, right. but even some of the other... Like, we got to see more of Asgard, not just, like, the gleaming golden part of it, but also, you know, kind of people hanging out in, in bars and, and... Yeah, well, you know, again, you know, yeah, they they had time to sort of... They added more show, ...show you, like, a few more things now, right? Because it's a... Uh, yeah. The first one, there is a lot of establishing that needed to happen. And, mm-hmm. and this one, you're jumping right in, so... This one definitely did have a different... A, at times an odd sense of pacing because there was almost so much going on because you had like you had Malekith you had at times what's going on in different aspects of Asgard you had Thor and what's going on to him and also other things with his you know with with Loki and then you also would flash back to Earth there was actually a lot of kind of elements on on the table yeah there was a lot of things going on but I thought they did a good job of keeping it all straight it's a, it had it like great, yeah it had a pretty good pace, I thought. It wasn't, like, you know, all over. You didn't feel like you were lost. Like, no. You felt like it was moving along properly. And I mean, uh, yeah, who said we start out with the, one of the Warriors 3's home uh, planet, right? Yeah, Hogan. So, uh... Actually, no, technically we started with the flashback to Malekith way back when. Oh, right. Establishing... Yeah, of course, like, you have uh, Odin... Talking about what's that, the... Odin's dad, Bor, having defeated the Dark Elves. Yeah. Uh, which I thought was pretty... I actually liked the designs for the Dark Elves. They were kind of cool. Uh, I liked the design for Malekith. Yeah. It was definitely... A, it was interesting how many shots they had from behind the head. Like, they were really emphasizing the, the look. Like Yeah, the, I would you, say. You, you almost, like, from the front, you don't see the hair. And that was no, pretty cool. but they like, showed you the hair constantly. Like, it was interesting. Like, I wonder if you went back and actually counted just how many shots were just... The, the well, I guess back. they wanted to show the whole makeup job, because it was impressive. I it mean, was an impressive the job. The dude was the doctor, and, it, you know, mm-hmm. he wasn't the doctor anymore. No, he wasn't. Uh, and as we, you mentioned off podcast, obviously they altered his voice, you know, slightly to deepen it, etc. But it's still, his voice is great. Yeah, no, he played it well. It was a good, he was a good villain, I thought. It was interesting. And, um, yeah, no, and uh, what was I going to say? I When they had the, um, the the curse that would pass on to people, like that mystical armor, 
because it went on to one of the guys in the past, right? Okay. And then I, I liked how they they used the idea of because the, there's a character called Curse in the comics who's originally right, Algrim right. the Strong, and he then it became the the accursed, and or just went by Curse, and he was mystically empowered by this being called the Beyonder to fight Thor. I liked in this movie that they're of the dark elves they have this you know curse that they pass on this like what was it, it? almost it's, looked like a lava rock or something yeah that basically. they would they would like they crush you crush it and it would activate and yeah. it would uh, be look like pretty much agony to start but it would empower you to fight your enemies basically yeah and sort of turn to like rock or something yeah it was sort and, of weird looking and i guess like. eventually kill you because like that was kind of the, the glory like it was a glory that yeah i guess so yeah it was yeah and it was interesting to see that that uh, how that was handled because before I I forgot that I'd even read that Curse was going to be in this movie, and knowing about his origins of the comic, I was interested to see how they pull it off. And I actually thought it was it was a cool concept uh, to kind of have him working with Malekith like they did. Yeah, it was all right. It's a, I, I thought it was kind of neat. Uh, so yeah, then in the in the present we have, as you said, they're on Hogan's homeworld. They're able to stop. Well, don't forget what's that we. The whole thing, uh, the war, it's a, it was all over oh, the, the ether. The ether, right? That's what we established as the big thing that everybody wants. Yes, the MacGuffin. Yes. Yeah. There's always a MacGuffin in one of these movies. It's the Tesseract or, or the... Uh, or yeah. now the ether. The ether, yeah. Well, just just wait till there's more of them. because when Yeah, they, apparently there's like six of them or something. Yeah, well, there's six in total, right? We'll so, get there, we'll get there. Yeah. Um, so, so they, so they the, the elves were defeated... Uh, uh, Odin's father took him out and the army of Asgard Mm -hmm. and then they hid it where they could never be found because it couldn't be destroyed right yeah which makes sense you can't destroy energy so they imprison this ether and that's kind of where we leave that and then we flash to the present yep and uh, now I didn't understand I thought it was an odd choice that they pretty quickly get Hogan off the board because the Warriors three were we saw them in the first movie, then they're in this movie, and then they split them up, and they have we have Fandral and we have uh, uh, Volstag, but we don't have Hogan, and we only see him once more in the movie, right near the end. Yeah, there's a quick clip of him at the end, but which I thought was a strange decision. Like, why break them up? It was maybe that they thought that it would be too uh, cluttered to have the three plus Sif, because I mean Sif is always there fighting with them. Maybe that was just too much, too many pieces. Yeah, who knows? So right maybe there was a casting issue there, like he was busy, or who knows? So, or was it more all story influence? Either way, they they freed his world, right? And Thor says to stay with your people because now the peace is uh, they've almost established peace across uh, all the realms, right? Because that was the other thing is that Thor was busy since yeah. the first one mm-hmm. fixing everything because apparently once the Bifrost was destroyed, right? It was Every, a, everyone went ape shit. <laughs> yeah, people were going nuts. So it's a, now he's bringing peace to the realms. And they're close to accomplishing their task, right? So, yeah. And this one, this world has been freed. So. For sure. Then they end up going back to Asgard and leaving him there. Yeah. And that's kind of where we leave them. Now, Now Jane Foster starts the movie, in an, which is odd. She's on a date with some guy. Right. In, in London. I felt like they didn't necessarily do a great job explaining really what she's been doing. Besides it's pining. true, you sort of, yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, she's been pining, yeah. Because like, when we left her in Thor, it was very much hopeful and exciting. Like, the, Yeah, the, now she seemed kind of like lame and depressing yeah, right? a little bit. And that was, it, it was hard to watch that part just because she was kind of a, and it, she was very strong. And it was obviously, she was on this date, but she didn't want to be there. No, it felt and odd. It, 
Well, um, it was deliberately made to be awkward and yes. weird, right? And then Darcy shows up. Of course, to bring some more awkwardness to the scene. I don't know how I feel about Kat Dennings, because um, I'm not a huge fan of her show anymore, Two Broke Girls. Like, it, it was kind of funny when it started, but now I just feel like it's the same whole thing. And I also feel like, no matter what, she plays the, herself in every role, and that's kind of what Darcy is. Yeah, I would say it. It's true. She it's doesn't a, change that much. With, no, uh, her delivery is like... pretty much the same. I mean, she essentially is the same character that she was in well, in, in her TV show and how she seems to be in real life. Not that that's a bad thing, because she provides some nice comic relief, and now she has her own own intern. But like, even what's she really been doing, and how does she? And I well, they didn't really establish like why they're in London. No, like they just sort of they're in London now. Yeah, and they, have, and they have a lab there. And really, and also one thing that nagged at me throughout is what the hell happened to Selvig? Like, un- understandably, yeah, like, it's true. They didn't really explain what happened from Avengers to now, right? Because like, I feel like he would saw. be in a Shield prison, or, or I mean, it wasn't his fault because he was mind controlled, but he was still right. involved in like the destruct, like the potential destruction of New-, New York, and yet he is out and about, free as can be. There's no Shield presence on him. Yeah, you you were mentioning earlier, like off podcast, that yeah, the Shield presence there isn't. There, there really isn't any. Though, what's that? the other thing that was weird was, did you notice that there was a S.H.I.E.L.D. logo on her equipment? I did, yes. Which was kind of strange. Like, Well, they were... They I, did give her stuff back, right? Yeah, they got their stuff back, and Selvig was working with S.H.I.E.L.D., so, so maybe it. they got some funding from S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, there's a lot left open, because... Like, even between Thor and Avengers, we, we go from Selvig being brought in to look at the Tesseract, which is a little weird, because he was working with Jane, and then I guess he abandoned Jane and her work to go work on the Tesseract. Then he gets stuck into the Avengers stuff like everything that happens right he gets mind controlled and then he understandably has a bit of a meltdown but no one seems to care and he's just out and about doing things yeah it's true it was a bit weird that they didn't really give us a timeline or like and why did he go insane i guess he mentions that there was a god in his head or whatever yeah but even then like it felt very much for the convenience of the story it was more like they did it for the comedic relief in a way for him Like, like being naked and streaking at stonehenge which really the only reason they have done that was to have a some way that Darcy could find him. Like, really, like, why Well, ultimately, that that's what it became, yeah. Like, it, what, there wasn't any, like, and again, for a comic relief moment, right? Like, it just felt like that whole aspect of finding him, getting him out of prison, it kind well, of was extraneous. My buddy Terry keeps uh, saying the first one, too, like, the Odin sleep. They never really explain it in the first one. It's no. kind of true. They just, it's like, they just assume people know what it is. Kind of, yeah. Which is kind of weird, right? Because, like, you know, the whole idea is that people are going to see this for the first time. They don't understand. No. And, like, I didn't even really, like, I mean, I've, I've heard of it. Yeah. Right? But I, like, they didn't explain why it happened or... Even people who read comics don't know what's going on half the time. Well, that's what I mean is it's sort of like, yeah, it seems like I guess they sort of failed a little bit on this one, too, This in, in a very similar way. They've sort of just left things, oh, well, you know, you'll figure it out, I guess, sort of thing. Yeah, but, I mean, like, with the Odin sleep, at least it... That's a mythology thing, so... So, yeah, it's a little it's bit more, less... You can kind of be like, well, maybe that's a god thing. Like, it's very easy to kind of brush it off. Yeah, and whereas just, here, you just accept it. Yeah, whereas, they didn't really establish why up? they're here, what's Plus, they get on. him out of prison, he takes, like, what, one pill? And then he seems pretty lucid for the rest of the film. Yeah, I know, well, that was a whole different... He's life. a little out of it when he's in his underpants. But then, the minute he's got his pants on, he feels like he's the old Selvig from the Thor movie. So, it just felt his characterization was a little inconsistent. And, yeah, and maybe a little unnecessary at times. Yeah, no, it's true. They didn't need to make him so like you know comedic, like clownish. That's it. They could have. He was a bit of a clown. Yeah, yeah they could have toned it down and made him a little bit more serious because he was 
in, in Avengers, he, he carried much, very much on the same same way. But this one, he's they, a serious character. Yeah, in this one, they sort of made him a joke. Yeah, which uh, which is a bit unfortunate, but he wasn't as as primary to the story. But no, I wonder. Does uh, do you think Selvig knows, or or I don't even know how how public it would have been, but do they know that Coulson's dead? Because Selvig obviously met him and interacted with him. Uh, we know, obviously, that Jane Foster did. I'm guessing they wouldn't know that Coulson's d- died because they weren't there, they weren't involved. Yeah, I don't think they would have de- debriefed them. They're not important enough. No. But you think but, Thor would have mentioned it? Well, I guess not, because... Yeah, for Thor, though, I would say, again, he wasn't as close to Coulson. No, not like, as I think much the Col- Yeah, it was a, I, I don't think I don't think they could, like they would know, necessarily. S.H.I.E.L.D. wouldn't divulge that. I mean, no. especially if they're giving them such a like big leash anyway. I'm sure Shield is tracking them to some degree. Yeah, but I mean, it didn't really like look like they were. No, and in this. again, another thing we mentioned off podcast, we got to stop doing that. Is uh, that there wasn't a big Shield presence at all in this movie? There actually really wasn't any, except besides a one logo yeah. on some tech. Now that being said, it's a lot more forgivable here because everything happens very quickly. Uh, there's a you know, it's things go from. You know, one ripple to pretty much like you know, everything's going to end really quickly in terms of Earth time. Yeah. Like what we see on Earth is minor little disturbances, and then bam, here's a an alien race about to destroy everything, and then it's over. Um, so I can forgive Shield not being involved and really taking a heavy hand, whereas I couldn't forgive that in Iron Man three because I thought that 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 where the president's in danger and it was in national security that S.H.I.E.L.D. would have been involved right from the get-go, and it felt weird that we never saw anything about S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, it's true. In Iron Man 3, it definitely felt like it, they needed to be there, whereas this one, it is sort of forgivable in the sense, like you said, everything happens so fast that they probably didn't have time to respond properly. No, and they and that's okay. I mean, they wouldn't have known that anything was going down until it was too late. Yeah. Um, so, let's, what else do you want to talk about with the... Well, we're at the date. The date doesn't go so well. Darcy shows up. Darcy shows up. Says, well, "You got to check this out. This thing, this uh, this technology is going freaking out." And she's she like, "Oh, it's busted." The, she didn't even know a, what the machine is half the time. Like well, that part was a little weird. Again, yeah, she's kind of an idiot. And they again, it wasn't clear. Like, have they been operating with each other consistently, or well, it's, Darcy it, it, it definitely her? it definitely appears that they've been working together. Yeah. But at this point, she didn't know where she was and ended up finding her on the date. Yeah. Well, and actually, one thing I wondered right after the date was, was Darcy showing up on purpose to get her out of the date? Because when... I, when, I don't think so. I think it was when because... when Jane Foster gets in the car, it's very much like, all right, let's go. Like, we're, we're good here. I, I think it was more the technology that like, was freaking okay. out. And that's why. Because she does mention that she went to look for her somewhere else. Yeah. Before she found her on the date. Right? Mm-hmm. So if she, why would she go there if it, if it was a True. setup? So. And then we have uh, them investigating this. Yeah, they go to this abandoned warehouse type uh, structure, and what's it? Uh, like the s- signal gets stronger, mm-hmm. and then they f- find these kids. And uh, it's kind of a fun comedic scene. Yeah, well, I mean, it's establishing there's something really, like interesting there. It's a the kid turns a truck upside down. One thing I did appreciate. Yeah, one thing I did appreciate was that when they when they're in that stairway dropping things into that basically like that the vortex, uh, the vortex. Invisible um, vortex. And the, the guy throws his keys, and you're like, "Oh, what an idiot!" But I like that they actually played up on that. It yeah, that it came back. Yeah, in a big way. Like it was actually, it ended up being a plot that was carried through. Yeah, it was a plot device. So it's a, that was kind of cool that it did come back. 
Because it really could have been just an absolute throwaway gag. And I expected it to be a throwaway gag. So the fact that they came back to it, I was like, oh, that's kind of nice. Yeah, no, it was kind of cool that they pieced it together. But it's kind of funny, like, now that we're thinking about the start of the movie, yeah, they could have really done a better job of establishing, what, like, what happened from, yeah. from one point to another. But, yeah, as a standalone movie, it's okay. But because it's part of this bigger universe, that connection would have been a bit nicer. Mm-hmm. Again, maybe on the on the Blu-ray set or the DVD set. But yeah, you're right. Like, you know, a little connection like that they make, and then they kind of neglect the beginning. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, it's also interesting that uh, the whole Jane Foster getting infected with the ether. Kind of well, an we're, odd. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Well, right? not much ahead. We're okay. Well, like anyway, five minutes ahead. <laughs> Well, like so, while, they, while they, they see the oh, like there's these disturbances in the in yeah in the warehouse, right? The kid turns like a truck upside down, like mm-hmm. it's, it's obviously floating, and he yeah, they mess a, with the vortex, and then Jane kind of wanders off on her own while they continue to throw things. And there's the a you know, she's got the signal going off, it's a, and ends up being pulled into somewhere another like, kind of vortex ish. It's more of like yeah. A, well, she ends up on the world where the ether is. Yeah. And it's it's oddly the way they even have the, the ether kind of being like how does ether? It's even like in between two giant rocks. Yeah, it's weird. And it's sort of like, like a weird liquidy stream thing. There's more than enough room for it to liquid, like kind of. Yeah, it was kind of weird it. that it was just a bit like open, and then she was able to put her hand in, and then it slammed shut again. Yeah. Right? I guess maybe the idea is that it wanted to be found sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And then the ether kind of goes into her, and then she kind of... Yeah, she, she, like she gets up, infected. She wakes up hours later in the warehouse. Well, for her, it, it's minutes. It's minutes, yeah. She but it turns out it's, uh, it's been like five or six hours on Earth. So her observing the ether wakes up Malekith and all of his minions. Right, because his ship, it looks like, has been set up to... They're all in hypersleep. The only, I got a, a really strong Nero from Star Trek vibe from that. Yeah, that's it. I guess even the look, right? Even He's the, got the pointy ears. Yeah, and, and the big ship, you know? Yeah, that's it. Really it. Yeah, I that. thought this ship was better designed. Let's not even get into Star Trek 2009, because that was shit. Okay. Fair enough, but that was the vibe I got off of it, in a big way. Yeah, that's it. It had a similar sort of look, a little bit. But, uh, yeah, so they wake up, obviously, because it's detected the ether, and uh, they now are headed towards... What, Asgard, wasn't it? Or well, just, just not yet. Yeah, they just, I guess, wake up, and then at the same time, Thor they're celebrating because of the victory. What's that? Yeah. Uh, on on Asgard, and he goes talks to the gatekeeper. I really like the way that they've used Heimdall and his sight, and he's he's a badass character. And Aldris Elba is uh, a, that's how you pronounce his name, right? That's a, I, I don't know Aldris yeah. Elba. Yeah, he's a, he's fucking awesome. That's a, he's a, he plays it very stoically, but very like serious, and but with a hint of like a, a glimmer of fun. Yeah, absolutely. I think he he's got the right like sort of tone. It's just it's, right. It's, uh, it's so weird seeing him from, like a Stringer Bell. I don't you haven't seen the wire. I haven't seen the wire. Yeah, no. it's, a, it's just so weird seeing him from there to here, right? So. Mm. But yeah, yeah. But he, he's a great actor, and yeah. would so, have been an awesome Bond. It's an interesting concept that Thor kind of re- oft, often, sorry, often comes to Heimdall to find out more about Jane and how she's doing. And it sounds like he does that fairly often. Yeah, he's keeping an eye on her, right? Like, like it almost sounds like that's like his nightly duty. Like he's kind of like a bit of a loser, sort of like her. You know, she's pouting bit. around waiting for him, and he's like, "Oh, look at her." I wish I had time to go there. Wait, I could. Yeah, it is kind of weird. What's that like? 
Like, if it had been fractured and they weren't able to travel. I guess the idea is he doesn't want to go down there, let her down, and have to, like, take off again really soon. I did think that the effects of the transport were a little bit, like, even better in this film than they were in the last one. Yeah, no, it was Um, cool. Having him come out of it immediately into, like, action poses and, like, like, I think in his first day, when we first see him, we see, like... The, yeah, he gets dropped down in the battle at the, in the Right in the middle, and yeah. it kind of throws him right in. Like, I thought they really used that more effectively than in the first yeah. one. Uh, it was nice to see that effect as well. I actually, sorry, this is a little off, well, not off topic, but I thought the sound was a lot better in this film. I thought it was, a, there were times in the first one it was very I'm not going to lie, there was a couple times like in this movie like with sound effects that yeah. it, it's obviously ILM. Like, mm. I heard fucking pod racers and shit in there, which, which was kind of an old... Oh, especially with, uh, well, again... With the uh, the dark elves with the, their blasters, yeah, I could totally like hear. It sounded like a Star yeah, Wars. It's movie. obviously like remix sound effects. Like they have their library and everything, but yeah, sometimes that you know, like the True. Star Wars sound is so it's yeah. obvious. It's but I just thought the, the sound quality overall in the film this time was better because I remember seeing uh, the first one in, in AVX when AVX was still relatively new in Canada. And it felt really loud and really tinny, and at times it hurt my ears. But here, it just all the sounds seem better. It's a weird sound engineering. Yeah, I, I guess yeah, the sound mix is better for you. I mean, I would say, like, I enjoyed both. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> you have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> I didn't really see this. Like, you know, I'm sure there's a difference, but it, I don't know. There's something, I, something about it and some of the effects in the first one, I would hear, there was a certain sound, and I, it just really rubbed me the wrong way. Oh, you mean specifically for the... the uh, some of the... Well, I, the, destroy, the transport? The, there's some, well, some sounds, especially with, like, the destroyer, uh, some of the sounds that came when he was inter- producing his energy effects. Okay. I, I didn't really like the sound effect. Uh, there's just a few parts where I thought the sound well, you was You can take off. that up with ILM, then, I guess. I guess so, yeah. All right. But Onward in, from in the, the sound effects. In this film, I thought it was much better. I hear you. Uh, so yeah, we have the idea that you know every every night Thor goes and checks in on Jane, and briefly Heimdall can't see her, which has got to be scary for a guy who sees everything. Yeah, you know? well, he, he he can sort of sense there's a bit of a panic there that he doesn't know where what's going on. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he's also mentioned to Thor about the uh, the nine realms are aligning, right? Which happens what once every five thousand years, I think. Something they said. like that, yeah. So the convergence. A... The fact that the last time that happened was when Odin wasn't even alive yet, and it was Bor. Right, which is the one he defeated the Dark Elves the, the first time. Exactly, because he was trying to do the same thing. He's doing the same thing five thousand years later, mm-hmm. which is which is release the ether yep. when everything is aligned and it will take over everywhere. Right? Yeah. What's interesting, and I I'm pretty sure I'm right about this, is that in the in the comics, Malekith's first major appearances were involving the Casket of Ancient Winters, which we already saw in the last film. You know that the thing that uh, the uh, the Frost Giants wanted the to create oh right 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 the waves of cold uh that was in the in the vault right yeah in the original comic that was actually malika's thing okay he always wanted the casket of ancient winters to bring a you know a forever frost right right it's just an interesting kind of connection between villains uh i did like the again i'm I'm jumping all over the place in my mind but uh that we got a a quick look at i forget the, the name of the world jodenheim from the first movie okay I like that we got to go back there briefly during the end, se- end sequence when they were kind of jumping through worlds. Oh, right, right, That's yeah. where that giant creature was. Right, 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 Same yeah, yeah, yeah. It was from one. the first one. Okay, yeah, but that's, is... that's further down the film. I know. So at this point now, you can't see her, the guy, the gatekeeper, right? So yeah. Thor decides, uh-oh, you better go take a look. I better go look at her. Right? Which, again, annoyed me. Like, this this is what brings him in. 
This is what makes her go oh. see her. Nothing else. Not the fact that she pines for him. Well, he doesn't know where he is, she is, and so he's gonna go. With her. I know. I'm just saying. Like all this time, he's known exactly how to find her, and she could. He could go to her, and just say, "Hey, I'm, I'm busy, but I just want to tell you I love you, or I'm, I'm into you, but I'll be back." Whatever. He's a god. He's got the things to do, man. I uh, but but once she bros before hose, dude. Bros uh, before hose. I know. All right. So anyway, uh, yeah. So anyway, he ends up on Earth. That's good, and finds uh, her there. Yes, he does. With a cool little rain effect thing where he, she doesn't rain yeah, on her. that was a little odd. So for whatever reason. Again, it was played up more for comedic effect with Darcy getting rained on. Yeah, it's good. Uh, and then at that point, uh, she starts explaining what's going on, right? With the vortex and stuff. And yeah. he realizes that she's been infected with whatever. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, they're trying to be arrested. The cops are trying well, to be arrested. Well, yeah, because Darcy's called the cops. Okay, th- this is another thing where, like, okay, once... So Thor takes... Uh, Jane Foster home basically because he knows something's wrong. Yeah, he, and, and so they take off. What the hell happens to Darcy now? Because the next time we see them, it's not in jail, but they were trespassing. Her and the, um, her intern. Right. What's it? I guess. It like I guess she took off. What's it? I guess. But it just, all those cops got knocked out by the. Uh, what's it? it just felt a little weird, didn't it? Like especially because they were going to arrest and and they were really concerned about Thor and. And Jane Foster. So now there's other two people who are with them are in that place. They just let them go. Yeah, I guess. I'm uh, nitpicking. I know, but it just why even bother with that? Why even bother with the police? They weren't necessary. Yeah, no, I hear you. Because you could still have Thor want to take her home because she's been affected. That's Absolutely. Enough. Yeah, you didn't have to have them get like wiped up by mm-hmm. the uh, by now, the energy. In Odin it. takes a surprisingly hard stance in this film on do not be with a mortal. Like, I was surprised by how how much they really had him kind of say, like, do not get with Jane Foster. He's old, he's a little bit racist. What do you want? <laughs> Against humans? I guess so. Actually, you know what? One thing we haven't They're mentioned fucking yet losers. is uh, Loki returning to Asgard and being imprisoned. Right, that's right. What's that? Obviously, what's that? Uh... I liked how they played up his relationship, obviously, with his quote-unquote father, uh, and also with his quote-unquote mother, uh, which is important for how that character develops in this film. Yeah, it's it. More or less, because obviously, because it's Loki, you're never really sure what's going on. Yeah, you don't quite know where he stands. He's the god of mischief, so, I mean, he gets to do a lot of mischief in this in this film. Yeah, he also steals all the scenes that he's in, so that's cool. Generally, yeah. He's he's just a lot of fun to watch, and you can tell he's having a good time. There's only one point where it got a little annoying. Other than that, it was was, awesome. was he smiling too much? Uh, just too much of him. Like, they needed him to shut up for, like, a second. Yeah. So, other than that, though, it was, it was pretty good. So we have Jane Foster on Asgard. They're trying to figure out what's inside of her. Uh, Odin hates the idea that she's even there, that Thor even brought her, yeah. until they realize it's the ether. Yeah. And then he's like, okay, well, this is, this is, this is you know, important shit. At the same time, what's it, obviously, um, what's his name? The uh, Eccleston's character. Yeah, Malekith. Malekith is, re- they, they've obviously figured out that it's no longer on Earth and they're heading for Asgard. And they have some sort of cloaking technology where they can get yep. past even, a, even uh, the gatekeeper. Uh, Heimdall. That was a cool sequence when he sees kind of... Yeah, he sees, sees one of the fighters. And then when he kind of does that awesome jump on him. Yeah, it's a cool little action sequence where, you know... I like that he got a moment to do that. Like, Yeah, he takes them out and then... Kind of like he, in the first one where he had that moment of Heimdall when he got frozen. But then he f- 
breaks free of being frozen right. and takes out a bunch of guys. Like I like that they give everyone a good moment to shine. Even like even though you're a supporting player, you still get to do something badass. Yeah, what I liked about it was that, you know he's like, oh great, I took out this threat, and then all of a sudden you see the massive ship. It's even bigger. And yeah. it was in this type of sequence where it definitely felt like we went from it being just a, a movie about gods to a, a movie about alien races that we think are gods. Yeah, because there was a lot of felt very Star Warsy, not in a bad way. No, I mean, yeah. There's a lot of zooming in and out of like all the different structures in Asgard. You had the enemy fighters. You had what looked like land speeders. Yeah, of course there's going to be some similarities. Like, I mean, there's only so much you can do visually that you yeah. know, that, that it's going to eventually it's going to be similar. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and you had like lasers and stuff yeah. like that nature. But yeah, it felt cool because like you know it's an established world now. Like we've seen it before mm-hmm. and. Well, even when they were it has analyzing... like that sort of organic feel to it. Like the Asgard has that certain feel, so it's kind of cool. Like their fighters look similar. Like they have yeah. a, there's a definitely a style that goes throughout everything. When they were analyzing uh, Jane Foster, even like it was definitely science, but at times it almost didn't look like science. Well, at the same time, she mentions like something yeah. like, scientific, and then she's like, "No, it's... that's not this." So it's a, and then realizes that yeah, it is that. Mm-hmm. And again, it's that magic versus science. I did like that scene especially because. Natalie Portman plays it so innocently but adorably. Yeah, she was good in that. Because instead of just being someone who's afraid, she's pl- she's also giddy because she's always she's the scientific person and she's seeing things she could never even have imagined. And her hearing someone talk about it in a very non scientific, like you know, almost a mystical way, she's like, "No, no, it's, it's science. I got it." And just the giant smile on her face felt very like genuine. And, fun like yeah the, it was cool the movie had a, a good sense of fun to it as much as it was trying to be serious half the time the other half of the time had a good sense of levity yeah the only thing i would say that they took a little too far was the uh what's it um uh, the character of the uh, scientist selvig yeah that's yeah the that only thing that they a took too, a little bit too because far. There, there there's comedy and there's kind of like people being funny and then there's just ridiculousness and that's what that felt like that hit him prancing around naked being even being in his underwear like he was just kind of took me out of the movie a yeah like i mean the only explanation was that he, like there was a god in my head but i mean just what does that mean just, yeah it just seemed a bit weird because like you said hawkeye seems fun yeah well, exactly he had he like he, he he got messed with too and he got like beat up like to reset him yeah well i so. guess because they they knocked his head that, so. that, that looked like some brain trauma yeah for sure but, but he was okay after he was all right did Anyways, he, so um, the attack happens on Asgard, and then uh, we got to see some really cool stuff with uh, Frigga by Rene Russo. Like, yeah, was, she was badass. She, she was, was really, really bad. Good. Like, she basically took was able to subdue Malekith. Yep. Actually, we should say uh, Algrim the Strong, who was Malekith's number one, you know, right hand man. Uh, he takes on the burden of of the curse, and and because I guess he was the yeah. one he trusted the most, so he is now empowered to uh, fight up against, uh, you know, against their enemies. So he is the only reason that Malekith doesn't die at Frigga's hands. I really like that they gave Frigga a purpose. And they, yeah. Like, she had a sword in her hand briefly in the first film. Um, but here... Right, yeah, she, but you, you barely got to see her in the yeah, first one. Yeah, it was more like a, she was holding it, but she didn't really do anything with it. This but yeah, one, she got a really great badass moment here. She was very cool, and she really hurt Malekith, too, and it felt very earned. Yeah, and she was protecting... Um, Jane Foster. Jane Foster what's it, uh, From throughout, throughout this whole thing. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah, it was just a really good sequence, and then, unfortunately, Frigga dies. I was a little surprised. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, they had to up the stakes, obviously, right? So oh, for sure. You knew someone was going to die, and uh, it ended up being her. And it was kind of uh, yeah, un- and unfortunate. It was a badass sequence too when Thor kind of gets in there and like. Well, yeah, he's obviously extremely upset pissed. and starts uh, hammering away. Yeah, and so obviously uh, Malekith and Curse take off, and then it's a, it's kind of an odd spot because you have a certain. Uh, clip that it was the movie was going on and that slows down, which I, I didn't think was a bad thing, but it was just odd that you're you're moving along forward momentum and now you take time to to have the uh, funeral of all the Asgardians. Yeah, which was you know again Viking tradition style. It's so. nice world building. It's yeah. nice to continuously show us more of the of the customs of Thor and his people. Instead of just just showing the action parts. Yeah, actually, it, it was definitely a, like a visual. It's a little visual candy for you right? mm-hmm. it was a, like it looked cool it was it was neat for sure and actually during the whole you know uh Malika's forces attacking uh the one of the reasons they're able to do as much as they were was because curse was actually kind of seeded into their prison right he, um yeah he was uh he was taken as a prisoner by Fandral and uh you know the the warriors 3 basically yeah. warriors 2 uh they took them in and uh, so from within the prison he activated the curse right and that's what allowed him to kind of break free and so he's inside uh, like the Asgard uh, and the only person he didn't break free was Loki yeah he left Loki there for whatever reason I guess it, it felt weird but I did like that Loki I, I almost wish that they had freed Loki but Loki had decided not to go but that being said it wouldn't have really fit yeah no Loki would have taken any opportunity to get out of there so. for sure uh, although he's a schemer and a schemer and a planner, so who knows? Like, yeah, but I think he would have gone probably. But he does tell tell Curse where to go. Yeah, he helps him out. I think it's just sort of one of those, which I think is interesting too, because then you know he's directly responsible for the death of Frigga as a result. Like, he, well, so he's not directly responsible. No, sorry, right? indirectly responsible. Well, I mean, it's a pretty direct causality. His right? actions, co- yeah, it's yes. a chain of actions, but he's it's indirect. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> It feels more direct than indirect, is all I'm saying. Yeah, um, well, I'm sure he didn't think that was going to happen. No, but we're, and we're never quite sure how he feels about it, because he, like, he says like he's really... It looks like he's quite upset about Frigga's passing, but he never admits it to anybody. Yeah, well, I mean, he he puts the illusion on there in the in the, in the prison cell, but then... When, yeah. Like, I, I, I think he's genuinely affected by it, because... Mm-hmm. Because she came to see... like well, kind She was of the only one that him. visited him while, yeah. he, while, he, while he was in prison as well. To, and uh, try to help him with you know be com- be comfortable. And so I, I think he does truly care for her. I mean, he did grow up with her. That like, in all intents and purposes, that was and his she mother. and she did love him more than probably Odin did. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, uh, Odin's a bit she of a had probably accepted him, accepted him more as her son than, for o- sure. than Odin did. Um, where do we go from? Because Odin's a bit of a racist. Odin's not a racist. Yes, he is. Why? Well, I, I, well. It. Yeah, he's a bit of a racist. He doesn't like humans. He we're, doesn't we're like puny, we're puny or, or frost giants. Or fro- yeah, see, there you go. Unless yeah. he raises them as his son, <laughs> and he didn't even like him all that much. No, he didn't. Not as so, not compared to his real son. At this point, the uh, they fend off the uh, the attack. They fend off the attack, and then the Asgard kind of goes into a clamp down mode because they're yeah. more worried about when. Like they, they don't. Back. They don't think they can repel a, an, a f- another invasion by Malekith and his forces. They can't even detect him. Uh, their shield is already crippled. Yeah. Uh, which I thought was an interesting way of like making like the golden city have a golden shield that comes around it. Yep. 
that doesn't even work. And, so, and Thor is very much like we gotta we gotta bring this back to them. We got let's bring Jane to yeah, them. As long as Jane's in Asgard, Asgard is Asgard is, is not in safe. peril. And uh, it's interesting because he's very like I'm gonna do what I want to do, and his dad's like no, and Thor just does it anyway. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's the whole escape plan, right? Which, uh, yeah, which he was kind of cool too. He, but like, you know, he had to he had to come up with a plan. And he gets I did the, like how that was done. Like, yeah, he gets the warriors to help him. That was a cool sequence to kind of see the different steps. It felt very much like a heist movie. Yeah, absolutely. It was a very, very much a heist sequence. It felt like in, like an Ocean's, you know, Ocean's Eleven style. Yeah, like, they're all like, sitting around the table discussing. Yeah, they're it. sitting around the table discussing the and different the, uh, aspects of the plan, and we're seeing them unfold as they discuss them, which yeah. is cool. And part of the plan is, you know, they. There's only one way they can figure to get out of Asgard, and only one person knows how to yeah, do without, it. without going through the bio, bio Which, cross. again, is a nice callback to the first movie, because the idea that Loki had done that many times before... Right. And they, they knew that Heimdall technically couldn't see it, because Heimdall never saw when Loki did it. Right. Um, so it was a nice touch to kind of bring that back. So at this point, Loki becomes critical to the plan. The only thing that bugged me about that sequence, though, is that you have um, them Sif kind of going up against all these guards and all these uh, all these armed guys but we never actually see her do it like we see her uh, do you know what I mean they have all these guardians are about to approach her yeah. and she wields her like her weapon and then the next thing we see is them getting to Volstagg we never actually get to see them overpowering her well that's true I guess yeah you don't where get was to... her moment to shine there yeah she didn't get a, as big an action sequence no but uh, again maybe but Volstagg the... does Maybe on the extended scene? Maybe. And the whole time I was like, where the hell's Fandral? And obviously we, we get to see that his whole part of the plan was to to run a ship so that he'd be able to uh, to get... Right, because in the initial attack, one of the fighters gets into the throne room. Yeah. Right, and... Uh, so Thor decides to take this ship with Loki and, and uh, Jane Foster, and they're going to take this to where Loki knows how to get out of Asgard... Uh, on their but it, way, it turns out the ship was just a distraction. It was just a decoy so that Fandral could pick them up, and then Fandral then takes off on his own to make sure that no one follows them. Yeah. Well, they, there was obviously like one ship that detects them, so yeah. he goes and takes those guys out so I did like, else will follow. I did like he basically sighed and was like, for Asgard then. <laughs> yeah, he jumps out. And then takes off, and that was cool. Um, and then, then they're out of Asgard, and they're on their own. Yeah, and they end up on the world where the uh, ether came from in the first place. Yeah, and, it's, and we do get a little bit of bonding between uh, Thor and Loki, uh, them fighting, but also kind of reconciling a little. Uh, yeah, but which, Thor doesn't trust him at that point, right? No, he's trying to, and he wants to. But it's obviously, it's a, uh, they, they discuss some of the plan it's a, yeah. in, in somewhere in between those points there, because... Yeah, for sure. Later on, we see that they're standing on that world, and then he gives Loki a dagger, and yeah. it appears that Loki and, stabs and, him. And allows him to have his hands free. The minute yeah, he, he takes the handcuffs off. his hands free, he stabs Loki, uh, sorry, Thor, and they, he gets dumped down the way, and they're fighting in front of Malekith and his forces. Yeah, well, as they're arriving there, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and he ends up cutting Thor's hand off. Which is pretty crazy, and I, I think we had the same... Thought basically, like, why do they have to do this every yeah, time? Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, like, if I, you know, I was a little worried how are they gonna get around this? Like, it, it ends up turning out to be just an illusion, yeah, which was great because thank uh, god it wasn't another bone claw situation with Wolverine, yeah, which uh, kind of bugged me from the from Wolverine that they had to cut his hand. I think claws that was the, really the only flaw that you had in that movie, isn't it? Uh, I'm sure there's a couple if I go back and listen to the podcast again, but 
So, yeah, that kind of bugged me a little bit. But, again, this one was well done. It turns out the whole thing of him, uh, that two of them fight was part of the plan. Yeah. To make uh, Malekith uh, to mm-hmm. feel comfortable, I guess, that the, like, he could step in and take the take things uh, take things off. Yeah, it was. it's interesting that whenever Thor has a plan, it never seems to work. Because uh, in the first one, didn't he have a... a he, his plan was to go to Jotunheim... And kind of fight the frost giants, right? Right, yeah. He was just gonna go in there and be a big brute. Yeah, and that didn't work. And he just waited his dad to do that, and then he got in trouble. Yeah. And then in this film, basically the same thing happens. His dad forbids him from taking Jane to this to, to Malekith. He says, you know, "I'm gonna do it anyway." Yeah, because he because he wants Malekith to extract yeah and the ether from. That's from exactly Jane. what Malekith does, and he tries to destroy the ether, and it doesn't work. Yeah, it doesn't. So work. every time Thor has a plan, it doesn't usually. Well, it didn't go exactly as planned, but it's it. No. He did save Jane Foster. For sure. Uh, We got a cool fight against Curse. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's good. Again, it looks like Thor is going to be taken out, but Loki steps in last second. I actually chuckled a little. You know why? Because he stabs him right through the heart, and I'm like, that's what happened to Coulson. Yeah, that's true. That's that's his thing. That's exactly... That is his thing. And then... No, that was a cool moment too. Then when Kirsten grabs him and shoves him yeah, into it a, as well, so they both so they both get impaled. Yeah, and then at that point Loki dies, quote unquote. Yeah, well, so for all intents and purposes, for all intents and purposes, we, we, we know at that, that point he dies. He, he's dead. Yeah, which was I thought that was well done. Yeah, no, I what's that? I actually thought he was. They might kill him. Yeah, right? so that was a little bit like, oh, that kind of sucks because. I do like the character. They did a good job. And the actor does a brilliant job of it. So, yeah. Yeah, and it's obviously he likes to play the character, so. He's obviously having, like, the time of his life, like. But, yeah. Who who wouldn't? And at that point, Malekith takes off and starts fucking up that planet pretty bad. Yeah. So, so there's, like, a sandstorm sort of thing going on. Thor and, uh, 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 and Jane, they end up in a cave. Yeah. And that's where we come back to the, uh, the, the car keys. Yeah, which is very actually. Well, first she her cell phone gets her. Yeah, she gets a call, which is kinda... again the comedy coming through. Yeah, it was a. In the, she's thinking it's it's not mine. Well, yeah, Thor, Thor's line. Obviously, he doesn't have a cell phone. And then, and it's the guy from the date from earlier calling her, being like, "Hey, how's it going?" But I thought that was a cool way of, uh, you know, like she didn't just stumble on stuff and be like, "Oh, look, there's the portal." But like, no, it was it was cool that the, she got a phone call, yeah. which is obviously like, "What it, the hell?" It, it was definitely weird, but funny. And then, yeah, her and then they the start looking piece. around the cave, and you start seeing all the shit that the kids were dumping in. Yeah. Uh, all the shoes. Yeah, the shoes and all the other stuff that they were dumping in the portal. So it's a, that was cool. And then at that point, she sees the keys from the car, and, mm-hmm. and they walk through the portal because they have no other way to get back to Earth uh, anywhere. From there, it's a pretty direct line right to the end of the movie, too. Like everything move starts moving really quickly by that point. Yeah, at that point. Because then yeah. we know more about the convergence and the fact that the the celestial alignment is happening, that uh, Malekith is you know coming to Earth. Uh, right, which we also spot. learn about from uh, Selvig. Selvig, which. We sort of forgot that one scene there where it said he ends up because he was running around Stonehenge with those devices Mm -hmm. that were going to stop the alignment from happening perfectly so that they don't, the worlds don't cross over each other. So those weird portals and stuff don't happen. So they just would slide by instead. 
for sure of merging as they did and uh so it's like when thor and foster are able to find out in this cave like walking in this cave and end up back that wouldn't have happened if selig's plan went went through right they weren't they wouldn't have been able to go through that portal and just walk onto earth so they walk onto earth and then they're like well they go back to darcy's apartment i guess i guess it's her apartment well i think they all live there right or at least her and um and foster right it's yeah a, that's at least that's how it appeared and selvig's there in his underpants well yeah because they had taken him out of the out of the uh, uh the police holding cell, police holding or, cell. Or, which was pretty nice holding area for prisoners it was and that was a little dumb too because the whole like oh you know it's your dad and they, they get and they have all that electric all the equipment is right there like i i don't know yeah it was i mean it was a bit loose on the that's like, a little some of the plot was a little loose around there and that's yeah, I think the human stuff was where it got a little bit looser. Absolutely, it was sort of secondary. The stuff with the Ice Guardians was a lot tighter. Yeah, um, and it was more well thought out. Whereas I thought at times the stuff with uh, Darcy, etc. Well, again, felt... Darcy had an uh, an intern, and she's an intern. It was kind of stupid. Like, the, why did they bring that guy in there? I don't know. Again, it was more just he was sort of there for some comic laughs. Basically, yeah. Like but he didn't really. She's need already to... there for that. Why, so why do we even need him at all? Exactly. Like it was just sort of. I guess so. She had somebody to hang out with while Natalie Portman was gone, or I'm I guess sorry, so, Foster yeah. was gone. Because before it would have been Selvig, but he was too busy running. Well, he was he was in no. Well, he was in jail until they bailed him out, right? Yeah, or got what's it? Got him released. So, so yeah. and we basically we set up for a big kind of climactic showdown in in London. And the thing that was the other thing about Selvig too is he he's got these devices, right? Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't Foster know about that? I don't know. Because, again, we don't know. Well, what did he work on them? Well, that's the whole thing, is they really should have established what these characters were doing yeah. in between. And, like, how did he even have the resources to build those things if he wasn't yeah, with S.H.I.E.L.D. anymore? Uh, exactly. Or... Like, if S.H.I.E.L.D.'s not involved, like, that could, I could see S.H.I.E.L.D. wanting to prevent that mm-hmm. and from how, happening. Yeah, it just, again, there's these weird questions that are probably never going to be answered, but they do. Yeah, they really should have tightened up the the front of it and maybe cut a bit of the... Uh... Like if, if you're going to have a character in three different movies, you have to kind of have a direct line between each appearance. Yeah, they should, they should have clarified that at the beginning what was going on a little bit better, and I think they could have cut some of the comedy out yeah. to accommodate that stuff, which it would have been a bit more tight. Yeah, like, have Selvig and Foster been in touch since the end of Avengers? Again, uh, yeah, like, like I, it, it appeared that they probably had been. Because, and... But I, he sort of just seemed like the... I think so, though, because Foster was like, you know, oh, I saw you were in New York, because didn't she say she saw it on TV or something? Like, I don't think she said that, oh, Selvig said, saw you in New York. Like, Selvig saw him. Like, they were... Right, it was a... Yeah, Selvig saw him, uh, Thor when so the whole New York to, thing happened. So he would be able to tell Foster... I saw him. He's fine. He's good. Everything's fine. Like that's true too. Yeah, it almost was. Yeah, he had it's... an intimate knowledge of what was going on because he was involved in the tesseract. He was involved in creating the portals. Like he was there throughout. So it's not like he doesn't know anything about what was going on. He was. A yeah, he could. He could have told her something, right? Yeah, and he was a big part of it. He was a big part of what was happening with Loki. Uh, yeah, it just makes me wonder. Yeah, it was kind of weird because it did seem like because they end up back in the apartment, right? Yeah, that's good. And then obviously uh, Foster and uh, Thor end up mm-hmm. coming to the apartment. Yeah, and they use the car to get there. Yeah, which was left there before and obviously yeah. vandalized. And I whatever. did. Okay, this is stupid, but I do like that. I did like uh, Thor getting comfortable in the car. Like, well, yeah, he looked kind of awkward, and I'm sure it would have been in that suit. In, right? in that suit, and plus it's a small car and he's yeah. a big guy. 
Yeah, it was kind of funny. He gets in and he's sort of into it. Again, I prefer that sort of subtle humor versus yeah, the, the sort of... For sure. Do, you know, Selwig running around naked. Yeah, say. that was it was very over the top for a movie that didn't need it and it felt out of place. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, they didn't need to do the whole... Like, what would you think of the final big like battle sequences in, in London? Well, I yeah, that it was a, London and not New York, or not. Like well, New obviously they could, they couldn't blow up New York again, right? So they had to. do it. And True. London didn't get as badly damaged as New no. York. It was a much smaller scale than that. Asgard got more damage than London. Well, and the reason that they're in London is uh, again sort of convenient. Yes, yeah, right, convenient. because it, was, it turns out that that uh, that's where historically there's been well, a... that's where the convergence is going to happen, right? Yeah. With all the, all the nine realms are going to be all over Greenwich meantime, right? Mm. It's good. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, again, why would Foster be in London? I don't know. If if it wasn't for Selwig, to figure that out, right? Yeah. Like it sort of does. It's a little convenient. Yeah, it, they just really should have explained why they're there, instead of just oh, they're there. Yeah, they're there, and guess what? That and again, like, well, if they weren't working together, like, it's weird. It is a bit weird. That's for sure. They should have done better on that. It's it's interesting though, as we said, like most of those holes are really only with the, the stuff on Earth. Yeah, because I found with Asgard there weren't really any holes. No, yeah, there's a clear there. like storyline, like it's it follows well. It's a, mm-hmm. yeah, there wasn't really much like other than the Bifrost being back or not the Bifrost or the uh, no, the, Bifrost. the Bifrost, yeah, being back. Yeah, right. It's a which I guess we just have to assume they. Well, and I guess actually one other thing that we, I don't think we ever really see addressed is. What happens to the Warriors Three after Thor and his True. compatriots leave? Because we never see them again. Yeah, they don't even establish them at the end of this thing where Thor goes so, back no. to Asgard. We but, only see him in, in quote unquote Odin. That's it. Yeah, and then so anyway, at this point they're back in the the the, uh, the apartment, and they, this is where they sort of figure everything out. What's going mm-hmm. on? They realize okay, it's gonna happen. Everything's gonna happen at Greenwich meantime. So they go to Greenwich. Yeah. And uh, what's that? Malik's. They uh, have their machines ready. Yeah, um, right. They brought their the, their equipment. They play a pretty big part, and, and the idea is that there's a very brief window of time that this com- the true convergence will be taking place. Yeah, Malik will be be able to destroy everything in this exactly brief moment, like what an eight minute, like kind of time span. Well, I think or, at or the time it's going to be in eight minutes, so or seven minutes, so Thor is going to distract him until yeah. it's too late. That's the idea. Like yeah. he's just going to keep fighting him until it's too late, and that leads into uh, a, fu- a fun and engaging series of it's know, a action giant sequence action sequence because you have people going in and out of portals. Yeah, ending up basically. on different uh, realms, and and there's some comedy thrown in with Darcy and her intern. Yeah, again, not necessarily. Take that no. stuff out if you... And, and It was cool seeing him flatten those people with that car, though. Yeah, it, it was cool. And it was neat how, like, it called back to the earlier when, you know, the gravity obviously was yeah. able to... He was able to lift the car. For sure. Because there was a gravitational uh, thing going on. It was, yeah, it, and um, as I said, like the, they're kind of going through was, the different yeah, realms. And it was well. a neat way of getting rid of Thor's hammer. Yeah, like, oh, that was funny. Thor's hammer kept trying to find him. Yeah, but it's going through portals and getting so, lost. So it's trying to go like in, it goes out into space and then it comes back. Yeah, and yeah, it's trying to figure out where it is. That was actually really. F- it, was a, uh, it was a cool way of getting rid of the hammer. It was a right? fun gag, but yeah, and also functional because yeah. it allowed Thor to not have the ability to call on his hammer and the special abilities it has, yeah. and still just go kind of toe to toe with Malekith. Yeah, which was cool. Yeah, I mean, it was a pretty enjoyable sequence where like it wasn't like so big like that like New York uh, 
seem small or something in comparison, yeah. right? Like it, it felt about the right size for you yeah. know a solo uh, movie, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a uh, anyway. He ends up they end up defeating him. Yeah. And uh, he he ends up back on the same where uh, where the ether was in the first place, mm-hmm. right? And well, it's interesting too that they say like you know the ether can't be destroyed. He's like no, but you can be killed. Right, and so that's an interesting thing that, like, the as much as powers Ether has, it doesn't make its its manipulator, its user, unkillable. Yeah, uh, you can still kill the person who controls it. Yeah, which was an interesting kind of way to go. Yeah, and then uh, then there's a bit of wrap up, right, with Thor going back to Asgard mm-hmm. and telling his father that he doesn't want to be king. Which is a nice kind of callback, especially to the first one, because the first one was all started with him ready for Odin to step aside and let him rule. Yep. And then him learning throughout the film that he, you know, that he has so much to learn before he becomes the man he needs to be in order to be ruler. And then in this film, kind of also kind of knowing that he's not ready. Yeah. And especially because, like, his dad, you know, he's in love and he can't commit himself to where he needs to be and can't be the true ruler that Asgard needs because his heart is somewhere else. Yeah, it's and not on Asgard. He says he'll continue to protect it, but he's going to be elsewhere. Yeah, and that even if he could rule with uh, Jane Foster to his side, that wouldn't be enough. Yes, yeah. which was interesting. And then we get the reveal that it's not Odin at all, and it's Loki. Yeah, it ends up being Loki. Which it uh, makes me wonder what the hell happened, to Odin. Well, yeah, obviously, obviously, Lo- obviously Loki's imprisoned him or put him somewhere, right? Yeah. It's kind of a weird tagline to leave open, but I guess. It does set you up for a Thor 3. Absolutely, yeah. Because I don't think Loki's going to be a part of... Well, what's nice about it is that it doesn't do it in such two. a way that, like, you're going to wonder what happened. And, you know what I mean? Like, we do we have uh, Thor kind of leaving and going back to Earth to be with Jane. Right, yeah. It's so, a loose end, but uh, an obvious set-up loose end. Right? Yeah, so it's, it's, it, it's, and it's not one that you're going to be worried about when you get Avengers 2 and be like, well, where's... Where's Odin? Where's all that? Like you're not worried about it because there's a definite reason why Thor wouldn't care. Yeah. Thor is busy on Earth doing his own thing, so he's able to be part of the Avengers franchise. So now it kind of sets up Avengers two in terms of at least where Thor is much better than the first Thor movie did. Right, because again, yeah. at the end of the first one, the Bifrost like, was the gone. So how, how did he, he get? get yeah. back, you know, like, Odin summons some power, right? Yeah. That's all they mention in Avengers. Yeah. So yeah, Avengers had that one moment there too, where it was. It's a, I'm sure there's probably a couple. Just like uh, it's interesting too, because you know Thor, uh, Thor, the first Thor, you didn't really see a, a good way of like how are they going to bring Thor into the Avengers. Now it seems more awkward than it needs to be. Whereas at the end of Iron Man two, you kind of got the same feeling, because in Iron Man two you had him them saying that you know oh you're not uh, you're not going to be a part of the no. Avengers initiative. Yeah, yeah you know so the both movies kind of didn't play into how how you're going to use these characters then. But then you have Iron Man 3 with him blowing up all his co- all his armors. Well, that's not a good setup for Avengers. No, absolutely. That was like that In, felt like an ending and it was just really stupid. Unless they're using something happens to some of the AI which gives birth to Ultron and that I'd be okay with. But yeah, in terms of where the character is, it doesn't set him up for Avengers 2 at all. Which, no. Whereas with Thor, the complete opposite. It perfectly sets him up. Yeah, he'll be on Earth, he'll be chilling with Jane Foster and uh you know, something's gonna happen, and he'll something's gonna happen. And he's gonna be. They'll give him a ring on the, on his cell phone. Like, what which he, he'll have like, at what's that he point. doing on Earth? Like, you know, what's his? You know, he doesn't have a job, so he's just. Well, yeah, out. that's it. He, he, you know, he could you know work on the railroad. Work on the railroad. Well, he's really? got a giant hammer. That's right? all. He, that's he, it. Jesus, 
That's all you got. Well, come on. You get. I did actually one one gag that a little silly, but I did like was uh, him getting to the apartment and hanging up his hammer. Yeah, that was kind of funny. That's it. I thought for sure everything was going to fall down, yeah. though, but it didn't. Two other comedic bits we haven't mentioned is uh, after he frees Loki and they're 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 leaving the the prison. Um, Loki's kind of messing with what 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 things look like. What what yeah, forms he's using his alter. Yeah, and at one point he takes on the guise of Captain America. Yeah, we have Chris Evans doing an uncredited cameo, which I didn't expect to see coming at all. Yeah, which was great. What's it? It was really well done. It really highlights how good Chris Evans can be as an actor because uh, yeah, it had he, we just he got, saw him he as got to do a bit more comedic like yeah, part we, there. We just got to see him as Captain America in that preview at the beginning of the film. Yeah, and it was where he's the serious stoic, cap, the serious badass cap, and now we get to see him being a total jokester because he's Loki, which pretending. kind of harken back to his days as Johnny Storm. Oh, for sure. So even even more playful. Uh, yeah. Well, again, yeah, because he's Loki. Yeah, but... he's just having a good time, just making fun. And I thought that was just absolutely hilarious. Yeah, it was a great little way to connect the the two together. And as you mentioned off podcast, he's wearing the actual Avengers costume. Yeah, which would make so, sense. Which makes that, sense because that's, that's what, last time Loki, yeah, Loki saw him wearing that. So yeah, I know he looked great. And even the comments about it was like, oh, this is you know, this is tight. Yeah, yeah, he made a couple jokes. Yeah, it was good. That was an all right. Like again, those little there's. They, they they did sort of uh, I know what they were like they were going for that balance of comedy again mm-hmm. I think sort of part like it was partially um, influenced by Avengers oh yeah like that Joss style for sure even though it's a different director but yeah. it's a uh, I think he tried to try to go for that mm-hmm. um, like <laughs> but again he didn't he he took it too far whereas Joss kept it sort of a, at a better balance yeah Thor getting on the subway. Yeah, well, at one point the portal throws him what's it, uh, He's a little bit in the far. underground, right? Yeah. It's a, and then he has to take the uh That was the kind train. of funny. And the the woman kind of uh, leaning into him. Yeah, uh, well, the train takes off. And yeah, and she's like, oh. Apologizes, yeah. yeah. That was, again, like, it didn't need to be in there at all. But that one was okay. Like, but it was I like, would, I'll take that little moment versus, you know, some of the other stupidness. that For they, sure. It was a quick gag, but it was it was a funny gag. Yeah, there's that balance. I don't know what's good. Sometimes it's hard to strike mm-hmm. that balance, and they sure. obviously had a bit of trouble with it. And the first movie had a lot of the little quick gags like that, too. So, I mean, there was some... Yeah. And both movies had a sense of humor about them, and I think that's important for a character. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, 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 it's again, it's a tough character to do. Because it's you know so big and epic sort of in a way, right? It could be, it, and it, it should be, but but they seem doesn't... to kind of ground it with little gags and stuff like that, like mm-hmm. to sort of bring it back down. For sure. So it's a uh, yeah. What was the other reveal? At the it was the uh, Loki's alive. He's Odin. Yeah. And uh, it's a Thor ends up going back. Well, what's weird about that is that the last thing I guess what the last thing we see in the movie is, is Loki, is it not? In, in the movie proper. That's right, because the credit sequence happens, right? And, then, and it's interesting, too, because usually the post-credit sequences are relatively throwaways or not even related to the main plot of the movie, and they're more about setting up the next thing or something, right? Usually. Right. But, but the, the the second post-credit sequ- uh, teaser, or, sorry, uh, or stinger, whatever you want to call it, is actually a lot more important, because we actually get the, it's the true ending of the movie that, that Thor comes back for Jane. Right, it's true. It's weird that that's not actually in the movie. Like, it's integral. It is the true cap to the movie. The movie is technically not really finished and completed. As a yeah, story it is kind of weird. Yeah. Until that, whereas usually those are just throwaway gags. Now that being said, there we really got two. We got the real end of the movie, and then we got that ridiculous throwaway with the uh, the Jotunheim monster. 
running oh, around. Oh, well, and then three, because well, the Guardians of the yeah, Galaxy. That, right? Sorry, I'm talking just that, that one segment. Because right. it had two pieces to it. Right, right, right. It was just odd, because, yeah, it, it was the real end of the movie, and I feel like they should have just, that's how they should have capped the movie. Yeah, it's true. They should have put that on there. I, I, I mean, a lot of people walked out and didn't even see that. So. Yeah, because it's the very last thing you see. Yeah. Like, most like some people are going to... It was amazing to me that people still get up and leave, but most people waited till the first one was done. Right, yeah. And then they're like, oh, well, I saw my post-credits... Because no one's used to there being two yet. Yeah, that's true, yeah. I mean, that being said, Avengers It's two. phase two, so they're going to do so. two every did time. Did Thor have two? Sorry, did Iron Man have two? I don't think so. I think it was only the one, and I don't even remember what it was now. I don't remember either. That's terrible. But I guess it wasn't that compelling. I guess not. But here, like, so we got one got the the true ending of the movie which I liked I liked that Thor came back for her yeah uh, that was nicely done the the Odenheim monster yeah well it, it gives well, it Thor was running around yeah London yeah it gives Thor something to do so the he's next not just day. Uh, you know sitting in his boxers uh, <laughs> watching TV with Selvig right yeah exactly uh, and but the the first post credit sequence uh, teaser we get or stinger is um, the Guardians this, of the Galaxy the Guardians, setup yeah which is interesting because. We haven't really seen anything about this movie. There's, yeah. Unless you were at Comic-Con, you haven't seen any footage. Um, you, they have barely promoted the movie. It's coming out, what, next August, July or August. Uh, so I'm it, sure it will ramp up in the new year. It will, but considering that this dovetails into it, it's just weird that we didn't see more about it. Uh, now, what was cool about this is we have Sif and Volstagg. Which you mentioned earlier that they didn't show them again, but they did. Oh, yeah, they did, yeah. But what's it? there's one guy missing still, right? That's well, it. here's a question. Now that I think about it, so they they bring, um, they bring the ether to now, the collector. Now the ether, right? where was it at the end of the movie? It was excised from Malekith, but where where did it go? Do you remember? Uh, yeah, that's that's a good point. So I guess it would have been because at some point it gets in contained. I I don't know. So at some point it gets contained by. Um, so obviously somebody from Asgard. Yeah, but so but we're knowing that, what we know about Asgard and that Loki is secretly in control, it's interesting that Loki sends uh, theoretically uh, Sif and Volstagg with the Ether to the Collector, and uh, I guess Collector has something to do with Thanos or something to do with the cosmic side. Well, yeah. Thanos technically was already partnered with Loki in Avengers One, so is this part of a plan? Like, I'm interested to see what, what this means. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. I didn't even think of that, because, yeah... Because Loki was Loki working could, with the is already working, yeah, who worked for Thanos. Yeah, so, so maybe they maybe they all are working all together. Well, I guess we'll just have to wait and find yeah, out. Yeah, and actually, no, in the post credit sequence, they do mention that they refer to the, the, the Tesseract and the Aether as being Infinity Stones. Right. Well, as any fan of Marvel Comics will know, the Infinity Gems are extremely important. And where Thanos is involved, usually so are the gems. So it's interesting that they're kind of starting to call them Infinity something. Right. Um, no, I had a quick kind of list. I just was looking up. I forget which ones were which because in the uh, in the comics, there's six gems. They all have specific names and colors. Okay. So you have the green soul gem, which we haven't seen anything that's green yet. It allows the user to steal, control, manipulate, and alter souls, living or dead. So we haven't seen that one yet. Uh, there's the time one, which is orange, uh, which allows to user total control over the past, present, and future. We don't appear to have seen that. Uh, we have purple, which is allowing the user to exist in any and all locations, moving on any object anywhere throughout reality and warp or rearrange space. That would appear to be the, the Tesseract. 
Yeah, I guess space. so. It's a, so it's blue. Yeah, which is weird because there actually is a blue gem, but that's the mine gem, and we haven't seen anything. That's so then maybe they'll just switch those two colors. Yeah, I guess so. And then the yellow one is the reality one, uh, which is allowing the user to fulfill wishes. And then the the red one is power. Act, accesses all power and energy that ever has or will exist, which seems to connect with the ether. Yeah, it's sort of similar, I guess. So I guess that's kind of what they're where they're going there. So we've seen two of the six now, and I do like the the reason being given that they're giving it to the collector is that he's like, well, why why are you even giving this to me? It's like, well, we we already have the tesseract. We can't it's, put yeah, them too it's close too t- too dangerous to have, the to two, have together. two together. And I like the idea that like he accepts it on for that reason, and then the idea that one down. Yeah, it's a the, yeah he he says one down, so obviously he's trying to collect them. The collector wants wants the rest of them. So. Yeah. So I'm I'm excited to see what Guardians of the Galaxy has in store for us. Obviously, Captain America is unlikely to have any connections to the. Yeah, unless they maybe they find one of the the stones. I don't, maybe possibly they could. That's about all I could see being connected. The only thing I um, I usually wonder about the Winter Soldier film is that in the original comic. Um, well, there's two there's two elements that they obviously can't replicate in the movie. Uh, one was that the Red Skull was alive. Uh, obviously, Red Skull disappeared with the te- like when he was holding the Tesseract in Captain America. Right, or, so he could be anywhere. He could be anywhere, theoretically, yes. Maybe he's a part of the whole plan. Maybe he's Robert Redford. <laughs> okay. Why not? I didn't think of that, but... Uh, I only think about that because it's not like he... He's been uh, that kind of character masquerading without people knowing who he was. Right, right. Uh, so you're right. We, he Red Skull could still be in the present, uh, but also in the comics, the uh, Cosmic Cube was a big part of what was going on. And the Cosmic Cube is obviously the Tesseract, which is safely yeah. in Asgard, so we're not going to see well, it again. Well, again, it's kind of funny that you mentioned that well, Cap won't have any link, but the Tesseract came from Cap. I'm, I'm saying now. Like, no, I know, but I'm, you're t- right. It totally could. What's it like? I guess it could. Yeah. That was like one of the biggest cosmic things, and it was in Cap, and it like totally worked for the movie. True, and it was kind of funny because like I would have never have thought that there would have been that big of a cosmic connection. That's true. Yeah, going into it, right? Like, but it it is nice to see all the different connections that exist. Yeah, especially eventually building up the Avengers three, which theoretically would be could be what maybe Avengers and Guardians of the Galaxy versus Thanos. Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see where they where they take this. But I mean, yeah, it's cool. And I mean, now that we have Shield and everything, it was, like, there's all sorts of potential here for like mm-hmm. all sorts of cool little more links. And for sure, it's going to be neat to see. I mean, obviously, um, like Cap is very much going to be an extension of Avenger or, or not Avengers, sorry, Shield in, in a way too, because it looks like it's going to be very Shield heavy. Oh, very Shield heavy. Yeah. I mean, so that that'll be kind of cool too to see like the extension of that. Yeah, and that movie comes out in April, and then you have May sweeps is right after that, so it'd be very easy for them to do. Oh, there's definitely going to be a connection. I would, I would. There think has for to sure. be. Yeah. And I mean, even the fact that they're doing something like I'm, I'm sure London's going to be coming up. In, yeah. in uh, it's got to be in, right? in Shield. It's got to be the at least just a mention of London, right? Like, yeah. Well, what the fuck went down over there, sort of thing, right? So yeah, it's too bad you can't have Thor show up in any way. Who knows, dude? Oh, theoretically, Who knows? Could, or Natalie Portman? I mean, I didn't expect uh, Chris Evans. No, what's it? Uh, yeah. In Shield, I didn't expect Nick Fury. No. I mean, it was a throwaway appearance, but it was yeah. still pretty cool to have him there for sure. And does that count as one of his appearances? <laughs> well, that was the first thing I thought. I was like, shit, that kind of sucks if they like waste. But I mean, against Disney, they got fucking money to spend. So they do, they yeah, for sure. 
So, so overall, how many hammers out of ten would you give this movie? Uh, I don't know. It's a, what are we out of like what out of ten? Yeah. I'm gonna give it like I'm gonna say seven, and the reason being is what's up? Maybe I'm being a little harsh, but I, I think I'm actually surprised because you came out of the movie going like that was really good. I enjoyed that a lot. I think now that we've discussed it, the fact that we don't know the human characters, what's going on there, it really is a weak way to start the film. Mm-hmm. And I really sort of wish that they would have toned down a little bit of the comedy and and addressed that stuff because that like that really does fracture the link. It does from the from the first and the second. Because yeah, you're right. The the Asgardian stuff is extremely strong. Yeah, better than it was in the first film. I, I thought so too, but I because they had a better handle on who the Asgardians really were and less of a handle on the humans. Yeah, and I, I, like I really wish that now that we talked about it, it was a, that they would have done a better job with that because it's it's kind of annoying. Because mm-hmm. we really don't know what, what, like what happened to Selway. Like it, there, it, it, there's a lot of questions there. Yeah, and there's just sort of a lot of convenience of them all being in London at the same time. Yeah. So that that I think could have been tight, tightened up writing. This is a random question, but where in the Avengers movie they there's a quick shot of Natalie Portman. Did they mention where she was? That's a good question. I can't remember now. I'd have to go back and see the Avengers. But... All, well, I, okay. So actually, going back because you were like, oh well, the shield. So obviously, shield is tracking her. Yeah. Because what's it? They knew exactly where she was. They knew where she was, and they knew that there was a connection between her and Thor. Yeah. So again, why aren't they keeping more tabs on it? Well, maybe they're just, they don't care. What's good? And then, wasn't there something recently in the S.H.I.E.L.D. series where the guy had the, the wrist thing, right? The Yeah. What's good? Uh, so, yeah, she didn't have a wrist no. tracker or anything. Nothing. But, obviously, they are keeping tabs. Yeah, again, we don't know what the time frame is because, you know, the Thor stuff was two years earlier. We don't know, again, when Avengers took place exactly. But Avengers yeah, took we, place relatively recently, if you're going by the events of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and if Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is about to cross over with Thor the Dark World, it, it puts it in the exact same time frame. Right, yeah, because the S.H.I.E.L.D. series seems to take place, what, like a couple months? Like maybe, maybe a couple months tops. Yeah, like... Like, it hasn't been that long since... Uh, and since and same with this. Go. This is pretty... Like, this obviously falls into the same sort of time frame as the S.H.I.E.L.D. series, it, mm. it, it seems. And, yeah, it's it can't be that long after New York. No, so maybe there was maybe a year or so... At, between Thor and Avengers, maybe? Yeah, that we don't know exactly. Which would make sense, because Selvig was working on the Cosmic Cube, or the Tesseract for a while. Yeah, that's true, yeah. So, so yeah, about a year would make sense. There would be a little bit more time, and there'd be more time that Loki was kind of working behind the scenes at that during that. Yeah. It's yeah. interesting. There's a lot you can kind of read into it if you if you want to. Maybe they'll end up doing, like, a Marvel one-shot again, like, and explaining where Selvig was. Maybe. I think that I think if Marvel's listening, they should, uh, what's it... That Take that be, into account. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I mean... Well, I mean, they kind of fucked up on that. I, I think they dropped the ball a little. Yeah, quite quite significantly. The only, uh, I'm, I don't know why I'm so obsessed with the passage of time, but also just thinking about the, 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 the time lapse between Thor and Avengers, um, well, and Captain America at the same time, because Captain America didn't seem like he was outside, like he hadn't been alive that long, like, sorry, like back in the world. But I guess we don't even know when he woke up either. Like well, he, no, yeah, it, it seems like he wakes up and the whole New York thing goes down pretty quick. Yeah, like it hasn't been that long before he. Yeah, came I up. mean, the whole idea is that he's sort of a man out of time in that. Yeah, in the he hasn't so. had an, a lot of time to get used to it. Whereas, well, I, there's, the, there's the great starts. thing that, that great line where he's like, "Oh yeah, it uh, looks mechanical," or right? Like, yeah, 
He doesn't know what the hell it is, right? No. So, he's obviously had a bit of training, but not not like a whole lot when, yeah, when it sure. comes back to Avengers. He's sort of on instinct. In, in yeah, Avengers. he's still operating. Whereas in the new one, obviously, he's been brought up to speed. We see a much more comfortable speed. version of Steve Rogers. Yeah, well, he's brought, been brought up to speed, obviously. Like, he's mm-hmm. uh, he's full-on integrated S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. Now, I, I, again, and I guess they're going to address this in the Captain America movie. So people know that Thor was in New York. They know that he was Thor. Oh, they, well, and again, there was the, those uh, those students, those kids knew. in the library, right? They were like, "Oh, yeah, there's Thor, and he's wielding his hammer and everything." Yeah, yeah, that's right. So they, they they know for sure, and even in Shield, there was the uh, the store window that had all the toys. Yeah, that's right. right? Yeah. So like the kids know who these guys are. Yeah, right. Uh, the world knows that. That's the whole thing. Is but people wondering where Thor is? Well, they know he's. he's they probably know about his background. I would yeah. think. Yeah, no? like everyone knows Iron Man, obviously. And maybe you, maybe they don't know. And then you have Black Widow and Hawkeye. People wouldn't really have known them or seen them because they were relatively yeah. Um, they're they're pretty minor. They weren't that like, and they're not that splashy. Hulk obviously they people would have seen. Yeah, Captain America was very visual, and then he just kind of disappears off the map. Yeah, again, I don't know. Like we don't know that for sure, but it appears. And then if he's doing clandestine missions for Shield, he's not exactly wearing his traditional blues. So, it's just interesting to see how that works. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, there's got to be a bit of, like, suspended disbelief. And the big sort of. question is, did they reintroduce Captain America trading cards? Because Coulson needs some new ones. Yeah, well, it's good. I'm going to make a plug for a company here. It's good. Not that I'm being paid for it, but EFX. Uh, yeah. It's good. Uh, they have the trading cards, if you Do want. They? Yeah, it's pretty cool. That's cool. Yeah, and at New York Comic Con, they sold... Uh, What's it? It's Coulson's uh, badge. I saw that. Yeah, from Shield, which is also really cool. That which, is really uh, neat. If they're listening, bring it back because I want to get one, and I wasn't able to get to New York, fuckers. <laughs> so, uh, um, I think my my rating for the movie is probably around a seven, seven and a half. It was a solid, enjoyable movie, but I think if I wanted to, I could pick a lot of holes in it. But for the most part, I, th- I thought it was a fun time. Yeah, and I think I did enjoy it more than Iron Man three. Um, oh, it was definitely better than Iron Man 3, I thought, as a, as a whole. There were still some uneven bits, but for the most part, I thought it was a pretty good adventure. Yeah. Um, and I'm excited to see what Thor 3, Thor 3 brings, because now it at least has the setup for some interesting stuff. Like, what happened to Odin? Where is he? Yeah, obviously, yeah. The, the, That's the big question, and they didn't answer it or address it at all, because they're they're making you wonder what happened next. Uh, it's a cliffhanger, you know, so it's a... It's interesting, because they haven't done that with any other movies. Well, no one else has had a second movie yet besides Iron Man, but there's no real cliffhanger in Iron Man 2. Yeah, it's true. They, they, they've they never the they've never done a setup for the next no. solo project, right? So this is sort of the first one. I mean, they were seeding, they were seeding Avengers stuff, because they knew that Avengers yeah. was next. But there was no real setup for, for uh, an Iron Man 3 at that point. Whereas we got a very clear setup for Iron Man uh, for Captain Thor 2 yeah uh, that's cool we'll see where it goes um, I was actually uh, again on this on the Nerdist podcast I was listening to today with Kevin Fahey or whatever however you pronounce it uh, they were telling a story about how at uh, Comic Con 2006 they were they went to kind of talk about Iron Man and it had just kind of been announced and uh, they didn't know a lot about the movie yet and apparently there's an article somewhere about how we don't know much about the movie we can definitely tell you the villain will be Mandarin and obviously oh they, really? And obviously yeah. that didn't happen at all. That's kind of funny. Like they they really didn't know what they were. It was doing 2006 yet. that Iron Man came out? No, it was 2008. 
I'm saying 2006 was when they first talked about it at a Comic-Con. Right, right, right. And they were just kind of talking about the armor. And then 2007 was the first real footage that they ever showed. And then 2008 is when it came out. It's pretty impressive, man. 2008, and we're in 2013. It's been it's quite, almost, quite almost, quick, though, considering... Almost six years, and that's a lot of movies. But yeah, considering it's pretty fast as to how, how, how much we've gotten, and like... It is really crazy how that how big the world has gotten. Oh yeah. Well, I remember when they announced Iron Man two. Originally, it was supposed to be what Iron Man. It was supposed to be Iron Man two, and then Thor, and then Captain America the following year, and then and Avengers. Like Avengers was to come out in two thousand twelve originally, or wait, no, two thousand eleven. Right, right. And then they pushed it, which was a smart decision. Yeah, I know, that's good. Yeah, they didn't... And they moved things around, so, like, Iron Man came out, and I guess Thor came out the same year? I uh, can't remember. Oh, no, Thor and Captain America came out in the same year. Yeah, I was gonna say, I'm pretty sure it's that, yeah. So Iron Man 2 came out on its own. Does that make sense? Yeah, 2010, and then 2011 was two movies, and then 2012 was Avengers. Because Thor was November, wasn't it? It was the same time. No, 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 Thor was in the summer. It was in May. Oh, was it? I can't yeah, remember. that's why it's really weird that Thor got moved to November, which still doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Right, and Cap was later. Cap was like Cap end was of July. summer, right? It was July. Oh, shit, I don't know. I don't remember. I, all I remember is they were good. That's <laughs> all. That's, that's all great commentary right there. I have no idea or I can't add it I don't anymore. care anymore. You're really obsessed with timelines. I'm really obsessed with timelines. It's, it's a problem. I'm tired. I worked all day and, uh, and then went to see the movie. Now we're talking about it. Yes, we were talking about it at one in the morning. So we're, what are we at now? It's at, uh, how long has this podcast gone? It's gone about an hour and thirty six minutes. But I okay, good. Sure. We're we're not longer than the actual film. No, right? I'm pretty sure the actual Thor content's only been about forty five minutes. There you go. That's it. <laughs> so if if you somehow got here before you got to the beginning, it's a, you know through, that was so, a co- through some time some time portal of some that was sort. a coherent thought. <laughs> yeah, if you have a, the time gem. Skip the first 10, 15 minutes or so. Yeah, and then come back to it. Yeah, it can be the after after thing. So I guess we got a little bit of time then to... Any you know. uh, any final thoughts on Thor? Uh, it's enjoyable, would, better would, than Iron Man 3. Would you see it again in theaters? I don't know if I'll see it again. Like, I mean, if someone really wants to see it, I'll see it again. But okay. I don't, definitely not a third time. Okay. Just not worth the money. No? It's a... Uh, not not many movies out these days. No, it's true. I like rewatchability. Like, I mean, there, there's rewatchability, but um, I, I'm not I'm not one to go to the theater more than one time mm-hmm. these days. Not like I used to when I was a teenager. I think part of it for me was that it was it was much fresher. Like there weren't that many comic book movies. So when you had a like, I remember seeing Spider Man one like six times or something stupid. But it was because there really hadn't been anything like it before. And there wasn't... You didn't know that... Yeah, the but next, you're just a giant geek. Yes, that too. Thank you. It's but okay. Also, I'm, I'm the same way. It's a, but like also, I, I think I saw Star Wars, even the shitty ones, a bunch of times. <laughs> but like, now we know there's going to be another one next year. There's going to be one after that. Like there's, That's true. Yeah, there's, there's a whole bunch of stuff coming out. It's an out. assembly It's not line. as fresh in a way, but at the same time... Because, like, Spider-Man came out. There was no other comic book movies that year. Or yeah. Actually, there might have been there might have been Hulk. But, like... Yeah, it, we didn't... Like, there was no set universe. It was just sort of, like... Everybody was excited to have these things. Yeah, so like, and they were all developed by different studios, so it was kind of like they would come out on weird schedules that weren't in any way dependent on each yeah. other. And but it, now this feels like a like it's you know it's a continuous thing, right? Mm-hmm. Which is cool. Like it is a really cool universe. Like any other franchise would love to have what what Marvel oh, has sure. right here, and Marvel's gone about like about doing this whole thing very mm-hmm. well. 
So it's it's cool to see it all being executed and it's working. It's great. Plus, they obviously they have the other the other pieces that aren't even the Marvel Studios ones. I mean, there's so many Marvel characters out there. As we said, that's true. There's so many comic book movies next year. There's four Marvel movies. Yeah, next it's year. comic book heavy next year, man. Like it's all comics. Like you got a- April is big because Captain America. Then May you have Spider Man, and I believe June is X Men. Or actually, it might actually be later in May. So within a two-month span, you have three movies. Yeah, it's crazy. And then I think you have until August for Guardians. But that's busy. Yeah, that's cool, though. It's, and it's pretty much Marvel-dominated. And, and right? in 2015, well, I guess it's going to feel like a change of pace. Because you're going to get Avengers and Ant-Man, but you're not going to have an X-Men movie. You're not going to have a Spider-Man movie. I don't believe, anyway. Actually, I might be wrong about the Spider-Man movie. I might They might be putting through a third one already. Yeah, well, they've already decided that they're, they're leaving out the four. Gwen Stacy thing, right? Or, uh, we don't or know. no, Mary Jane, sorry. Mary yeah, Jane. Mary Jane's been bumped up third one, but we know yeah. they've, they've also already have release dates, I believe, for four Spider-Man movies now. Holy shit, man. Like, they're just well, pumping up, them out. Up to Spider-Man 4 anyway. But, like, Marvel Studios will only have two movies that year, and DC will have their Superman-Batman movie. Which, yeah, we'll see what happens there. I'm cautiously optimistic. I like the idea of an older Batman, an angrier, maybe a, like a more battle-weary Batman, and not having a younger Batman. Um, I think Bat- Ben Affleck could do it. I don't know. Well, I mean, let's do it. I'm no, getting, think- I'm like, I'll give him a chance. Like, I'm not freaking out like everybody else. So like, ah, he's going to be total shit. I'll give him a chance, but I just don't have a feeling it's going to be like, it, like, Christian Bale did such a good job at it that it's going to be hard to, to top that. Maybe and I keep don't know. And, and keeping that dark tone there, like, and that's the thing is I love that dark Batman. Like for me, that's you know that that, that is Batman. I I hope to God that that is that Superman Batman is a good movie. Not because I necessarily want DC to be able to to do a JLA movie, but I just I want them to have a good adventure with those two characters. Yeah, no, I I'm sure everybody hopes to see it and and make it like hopefully it'll be successful. But the fact that it's, it's even well, happening. Well I mean, obviously if you didn't have Avengers, well, Batman, they, they, they Batman Superman to... would not be ha- happening without it. Without, without Avengers, Avengers? Without Avengers having happened and being such a huge success. Well, first of all, happening. That's second, true, yeah. Second of all, being a success, you would not have Superman Batman even well, happening. Well, because DC needs to make a splash right now, right? Because they're so fucking under, like, the on, on the list of things in comparison to Marvel. In comparison, yes. Except yeah, so for. So that's why they have to make a big splash with the big announcement of Batman Superman, that right? That being said, that is a huge game changer. For oh, me. absolutely. I think, it's, I think it's a smart move. Like That's bigger than a Justice League movie, because Justice League. It's important because you're bringing together all these characters. And again, but, with with Justice League too, like they like it's kind of tough to do it the same way as Marvel. You can't copy. You can't do it the same. Otherwise, people will just say that you're the, doing it, it that way. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, you're taking the Marvel formula, right? Whereas, so now they're sort of screwed. And it doesn't have the the name cachet that Superman, Batman, and the title together do. Oh, that's true. Yeah. And just having the two I mean, symbols fuck, together. You got Aquaman in there, right? So it's like. Well, maybe not Aquaman. Well, um, I would hope not in some ways because that's going to be such. I a only say that because um, in uh, they have a Justice League War cartoon coming out, which is basically an adaptation of a recent Justice League origin comic, but they've taken out Aquaman and put in someone else. Yeah. Aquaman is going to be tough to translate to the screen. I mean, again, I thought originally Thor was going to be the hard one to do because I think Aquaman's, him being little, the guy, Aquaman's tougher. I think Aquaman's tougher. He's just got that that you know. Sorry, sorry, Aquaman, but you, you know, people think you're not that great. Unless they don't use him. Well, again, yeah, they they don't have to. I mean, I mean, it, from the Marvel side, I mean, two of the founding Avengers are not included at all. Right, yeah, Ant-Man absolutely. and the Wasp, they didn't even make appearances. Technically, Captain America wasn't even an original Avenger. He only showed up in the like, issue four. 
because he was revived by the Avengers. But um, yeah, no, it'll be interesting to see for sure. It's it's good for DC though that. Well, actually, hold on. It's not good for DC. It's 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 bad that you have Superman, Batman, and Avengers two in the same year. Yeah, well, it's going to hurt them a little. I it could. Think. I mean, it depends. They, they're probably going to be far apart enough. They're far enough. They're probably apart about, be about a month or two apart in release. But I mean, I, I don't know. You almost have to. If you're DC, you're kind of hoping that Avengers two isn't good. Well, I'm sure, I'm sure they're kind of hoping that. Yeah, absolutely. Or so they're hoping it does well because it'll keep people still interested in comic like comic book movies. Because you don't. I don't think. Have the, a I don't think the interest is going away anytime soon. There's there's enough no. stuff going on. People, I mean, the, again, Thor was like sold out. It's good. It's good. You know, people are excited, and again, it, it's cool because it's building on something, right? Like it, it's it's nice to have those levels. True, right? and it's something that doesn't exi- as exist in any other film. Yeah, I just don't know if any other franchise could do it in the same way. Which is going to be interesting to see. Is like for Star for Star Wars, there's already talk about a lot of the, the single, right? Like yeah. uh, sort of movies, right? And again, being the same owners. They may want to be trying in the same formula as Marvel, right? That's mm-hmm. right? And they're going to have like a Boba Fett film, and you know, like a Yoda film. How do you feel film. about that? Me personally, I think they're going to just. I think Star Wars isn't going to be as special as it, like in the, in the same sense. Like, you yeah, know, to, gets... to me, the, the original trilogy is 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 a masterpiece. It's a piece of art. It's, it's a complete a, story. It's a complete story. What's that? It, it, like, you know, it's just it was ground ground yeah, groundbreaking when it came out. Good, um, you know, it's not, it's untouchable, mm-hmm. right? The first three were just so shit. Like, hopefully, it can only get better from there. But uh, they're gonna milk it. Like, they're gonna milk the hell out of it, and it's not gonna be the same anymore in that sense, no. right? Like, it sort of dilutes the. What's that? Like, the, the original trilogy will always, to me, be the best. I don't think it will ever be able to top it. No. Even with Harrison Ford and, and uh, you know Mark Hamill, and they're all coming back. It's not the same. It's not gonna be the same. But it'll be interesting to see if if it works for them with all the, uh, like uh, all the individual films and stuff. And I know like I, I've seen like when I'm uh, flipping through the channels like a couple times I was flipping through and then Family Channel, and you, you know there was like there was C three PO and R two D two and like Disney's already like putting them into kids shows and shit right. Really? To, oh yeah, man, they're marketing the shit out of it, like Star Wars. Wow. Right, like they're they're getting all the kids ready and it's a it's wow. gonna be interesting to see. Like it's gonna be a huge success, of course, but. You know, will it be you know will J.J. Abrams do a good job? That's a whole other question, isn't it? Right. It's a, uh, like, I think he's more suited than he is for Star Trek, so hopefully it will go well. And again, Star Trek three. Who knows what the fuck happens there? Yeah, or even when. Oh, they want it for the fiftieth anniversary of Star Trek. I'm sure. What year is that? Uh, it will be 2016. Oh, okay. But well, they better get fucking moving quick, right? Well, especially if he's doing. Another... He won't be able to do it. There's no way. So you think they'll farm it out to someone else? Yeah. I think so. Really? Because they want to pump it out for the 50th anniversary, and unfortunately, it's just going to be shit. Like the second one. <laughs> so it's good. I didn't think you didn't. I didn't think you disliked it that much when you first saw it. In a darkness, I thought it was good. Uh, as as a story, it's more cohesive than 2009. Though yes. it's good. Though uh, there's less. Bottles. I enjoyed 2009 better though than I did In a Darkness. Okay. Right, like, yeah, it's kind of fucked up. Overall, I still enjoy the Prime Universe far, far more than than I do the J.J. Abrams fuckerverse. Mm, interesting. Okay. Yeah, and whoever the dude was that fucking changed the Wikipedia page for Star Trek and put the uh, 2009 title 
as like the the image for the Star oh, really? Trek page. Fuck you. That's all I gotta say. It's a very so, precise uh, calling out. Yeah, there. if he's listening, go fucking change it to something that encompasses the entire universe better than the fucking 2009 title logo. That wow. fucking offended me huge. <laughs> That's yeah, too funny. There's my two cents for that. Alright. Well, I guess that, that about wraps us up. Uh, is- <laughs> On that note... I th- well, I, it's it's been an hour and forty six minutes. It's true. We should wrap it up. As so we speak, it. it is like one in the morning on the uh, on it's on the it's the ninth now. Oh fuck! Yeah. Oh. Well, some of us have to work in six hours. There you go. I get to work on a Saturday. It's fun. But yeah, all right. Well, let's, let's wrap it up. with it? How right. how long was Wolverine? I think Wolverine was even longer, right? That podcast was over two hours, I believe. Okay, cool. So we're we're doing good here. We had a lot to say. All right. Uh, we did here too, just not necessarily about Thor. Yeah. It was, it was a good, actually, you know one thing we didn't mention at all? And what did you think of the individual performances from the actors? We, we talked about the story, the elements, but what about the actual performances? Oh, it, well, yeah. No, I thought Chris Hemsworth did a good job. Like, let's say, all of them I thought were pretty decent. He's still freaking jacked. Oh, yeah, well... Tom's even looked bigger than he did last time. Yeah, he's, he's you know... Because he, last time he looked a little leaner. But he like, is still strong. And uh, I, Natalie Portman is adorable. Yeah, she's good. Kat Dennings plays herself... <laughs> Yeah, it's a, uh, she's sort of like, what's his name? You get what you That expect. she starred with, what was that, uh, the playlist, or no, it's a, um, the fuck was that movie there? The Infinite too? Playlist? Um, oh, she's like Michael Sarah. Yeah, she's like Michael Sarah. They, they just play themselves. themselves. Eventually she's gonna get played out and she won't, you know, what the fuck is Michael Sarah doing? Oh, he got lucky and, uh, Rested Development came back. Yeah. Otherwise his career was over. Um, a little bit, yeah. Oh, fuck, he was done. So she's probably next. <laughs> uh, I did like, again, Rene Russo really doesn't do anything anymore. So it's no, like, it was cool to see her, and again, yeah, it was really awesome to have that badass moment. It was, it was really cool. It was cool. unexpected, but cool. Um, I did, Anthony Hopkins continued to rock it as, as, as Loki, I started Loki. As, as Odin. Odin, yeah. Because um, he just really, actually one thing I noticed in that last scene with Odin, I did think it was weird the way he was sitting, and then when we see it's Loki, I'm like, okay, that makes more sense. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, they, they probably did that intentionally. Touch, yeah, I didn't notice until like I was like, well, it's a little odd. He didn't quite seem comfortable with the way he was sitting. But then, once we saw it was really Loki, I'm like, well, okay, he was sitting like Loki does, so that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but no, he he did a good job. One thing we I mentioned to you off podcast was uh, Zachary Levi was the new Fandral, the dashing, right? Um, replacing, and I told you the, the weird story about that is that originally he was the the original choice for FanDuel, but he couldn't do it in the first movie because he had commitments to the TV show Chuck. So they cast Josh Dallas instead. Josh Dallas, for those who like Once Upon a Time, is now Prince Charming. Also Disney, show. right? Also Disney Jesus and ABC. Christ. They own everything, though. Um, they do. Uh, so now he's he has other commitments on that show. So they ended up being able to get their first choice for the that first That is kind time. of funny that they flipped it around, yeah. But it's just weird because he was unrecognizable. Like, you can t- kind of... You, he looks familiar, but you can't quite place Oh, him. absolutely. I, I had like no idea it was the, him. Like, like he's usually, like, black curly hair. So now yeah. it's, like, it's blonde, and now he's, and he's got, like, the blonde facial hair. It just didn't look like him at all. I, like, it caught me a few times. I was trying to figure out if it was the same guy from the first one or or if it was a different dude. And, yeah, like, he did look familiar, but I was like, I couldn't place it. Like, mm. it, it, was, it was weird. But, yeah, I'm... Again, what's her name? Uh, like... Darcy with a uh, like Cat Dennings. Yeah, Cat Dennings. They could have dumbed her down a little bit. Like they didn't. She it's a, she was okay. Like yeah, it, w- it wasn't anything special. And, and the dude that plays uh, Selvig. Selvig. You know, 
it's not his fault. It was the script. Yeah, he but, did a good job with what he was given. I yeah. Did, once he got more serious and it felt like old Selvig, then I really liked his portrayal. Yeah, absolutely. I thought that was better. But yeah, like he felt out, out they of They overdid elements. him. They overdid it. He felt a little bit awkward out of his element. Like, why am I doing this? Yeah. The, why the, am I being this? They took of the this character guy? too far with the with the comedic thing. Yeah. Uh, Hiddleston knocked it out of the park with every scene. Yeah, he steals the movie, right? Or steals the scenes, right? That he's in. So. For sure. Uh, Eccleston was very well positioned. I thought he did a great job. Yeah, I mean, he's sort of one toned, but it's but, a, but that's just the nature of the character. Yeah, it's the nature of the character. But yeah, he was he was good. It's a, uh, I always like his stuff. For sure. Uh, am I forgetting anyone else? Well, Chris Evans was great. Yeah, his, his two seconds were... His, his walk-on was, was fantastic. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Um, in terms of character, I did like... Uh, and we mentioned this before the podcast as well, but there's a character that definitely looks a lot like uh, the Korg from uh, the Planet Hulk... Popularized in the pa- uh, Planet Hulk uh, storyline in Marvel Comics. There's definitely a character who looks inspired by that. And there's his people were chanting a name, and it really sounded like they were chanting Korg. But I couldn't quite make it out. Yeah. Um, so he makes a very brief appearance, or at least someone resembling him does, which I liked. Um, I also, uh, I just liked the, uh, first of all, there was a Stanley cameo that was very innocuous. Yeah, it was well done with it for that scene, but again, a little too comedic, the whole thing there. I didn't, well, him actually being there wasn't really, like, it wasn't... It wasn't Stanley's part that was... No. Like, like, yeah, the, the fact that there was comedy played in that scene was not connected to Stanley's actual appearance. Stanley just happened to be there for that scene. Yeah. Uh, at least he wasn't being dumb or, or lampooning too much. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, seeing him is always fun. For sure. And I guess uh, any other actors or actresses we want to call out or say we like their performances or not? I really like the date guy. He was awesome. Yeah? Date guy one, whatever the hell his name is. Hey, he was pretty important. He helped them find their way back to Earth. That's true, he did. So he actually played an integral part in that film. He did. uh, No, again, I think overall it was was good. They have a pretty good cast. Um, Well, that's one of the things all these movies, like, they've done a good job of casting, right? Yeah, Ray Stevenson. Was it Ray Stevenson? Who's the uh, Volstag? Okay, yeah, yeah. I like I like him as Volstag. He does a good job. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't even imagine that he's Punisher. Yeah, it's kind of weird. He's got that Gimli sort of look, right? So. He does. Yeah. Uh, I actually I really like Sif. Like they, she's pretty badass. Yeah, they could have given her a little bit more of a badass moment. I feel but like I guess... they cut out an action sequence again. With it's her true. Yeah, they could have they could have extended that part there. And I like the idea that Odin's kind of pushing his son to. To, to yeah, take, well, if you take her, take some, some, t- take some god action. He right? did. He was Fuck def- those because he's racist against humans. <laughs> he was definitely pushing his son in that direction. So it's, it's fine. It's good. Odin doesn't like us. I get it. I guess not. Well, he's a grumpy old fuck. Now he's <laughs> now now he's stuck in some Asgardian yeah. hole that uh, Loki put him in. So or maybe maybe uh, that's what you get for being racist against humans. Yeah, maybe Loki um, put him into the uh, Odin sleep again. There you go. Yeah, randomly Just bringing it all together. Okay, well I guess that's good for us. Uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, again, go see it. Enjoy it. Yeah, it, it was an entertaining movie. I Wonder where like, the fucking humans come from and what's going on there. Yeah, of course. But yeah. Um, and now, uh, if you want to email us, you can do so at comicshenanigans at gmail.com. You can like us on Facebook. You can also please rate us on uh, iTunes. It's important to try and build the audience for the show. Um, and uh, yeah, we're going to keep doing these spotlight episodes when we uh, see a comic book related film. And uh, hopefully that people enjoy listening to them. 
So, Timor, thank you for joining me again. Yeah, no problem. And uh, we got this done under the actual running time of the Thor movie, I think just barely. That's good, that's good. It's good for us. It's good. All right, thanks uh, for joining us. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.